wait is over. The wait is over. Coming to you on Berlin time. Berlin time. It is the summer of Stiller. Summer of Stiller. Stiller. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating. Is it series of Stiller? Is it Tone Master? You know, uh, you, bro. We'll see. We've been billing it as Tone Master for like half a year. I know, I know. And for those who don't know why it's called Tone, why I want to call it, when I originally wanted to call it Tone Master, here's the clip from Tower Heist 2011. Good morning, Josh, Charlie, Enrique. How you doing? I was here Labor Day party this year, Mr. Shaw. Must have been something, huh? Would you serve crab legs, surf and turf? Josh, I've always tried to extend you a certain courtesy, but this this tone you're using... What tone? Who gives a shit about my tone? What, are you some kind of tone master? No, nobody touches this car but me. You think Steve McQueen's the coolest cat that ever lived? Well, guess what? Today, Steve McQueen is my little bitch. Great scene, great moment, great great Ben Stiller quote. As you can see, it was my first idea when I heard and had the idea that we would do a serious tier episode. But then again, we've been doing the S thing, you know. Even for Blue Steel of Stiller, I put the blue in parentheses. You know, we have the iconic spilled Stiller episodes with like 20 words in the title, all S words, you know. I mean, we don't want to ruin the streak either, so. I guess we'll we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, guys, welcome back to Filmatic. Class in the middle of a little discussion there. And welcome to the series of Stiller, where we will be discussing Greenberg, a.k.a. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, uh, so Greenberg, uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and the Meyer... Meyer- Merowitz stories, new and selected. Uh, yeah. In the movie, the wife, Dustin Hoffman's wife, pronounced it like, I think like Meyerowitz or something. <laughs> really? To that. I didn't catch yeah, that. very briefly in passing. But then I and I was like, oh, I guess that's how how it's pronounced. But then like later, I think I heard one of the actual Jewish characters like. Actually, she might be supposed to be Jewish. I just know she's British in real life, I think. Yeah, she is. But I think I heard, like, Dustin Hoffman or someone, like, say Meyerowitz, which is what I thought it was. Yeah, that's that. what I thought. But also, if it is, like, a German name, I guess that is... It would make Correct. sense. Yeah. It's probably just that... I don't know. Dude, I don't just, know. Yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess. Um, but yeah, so we're going to discuss those... Uh, before we get into it, you know, of course, I'm back with Justin. Justin, uh, our last episode, we discussed uh, Zoo- Zoolander, the last episode we did. Was that after the watch? Oh, no, Tropic sorry. Thunder? Yeah, we did Tropic Thunder and the watch. Um, was that Okay, that was the most recent one? That was the most recent one. They're all Summer of Stillers blending together. Yeah, they, they really are. Um, but it's coming to a close soon. Because Which is crazy. our next episode, the biggest episode yet, the season finale, uh, where we're discussing the Madagascar franchise 
Elmo's Christmas Countdown, and uh, Megamind. Megamind. Keep in mind, when I say franchise, guys, if you're new here, you remember the Shrek franchise episode? First of all, it's a great episode. Possibly the the episode I'm most proud of. So I, I would say definitely check it out. It's definitely up there. Um, but for those who don't remember slash never listened to that one, we did Shrek 1, Shrek 2, Shrek 3, Shrek 4. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, that's a lot. That's all the Shreks. What more could there be? But we also did, you know, there's, there's shorts in between. There's shorts that dropped on the DVD, shorts that dropped on live TV. Um, so there was Shrek the Halls, which was a Christmas special. There was Scared Shitless, which was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine uh, if it was actually fucking publicly released as that. No, it's actually called uh, Scared Shrekless. We just, for some reason, started calling it Scared Shitless. The reason why is probably in that episode. Go check it out. Um, we did those. We watched all these behind-the-scenes videos. Um and, you know, we were already so obsessed with Shrek from youth. So that's the reason I think it's one of our best episodes is we came into it like there's no... First of all, we didn't go off topic like once, I think. I'm pretty sure, sure for the entire... It was like almost four hours. Um, I think it was the longest filmatic episode up until the Batman one. Um, so longest solo. Longest, one-on-one. Yeah, longest one-on-one. And we did not go off topic of Shrek for literally the entire four hours. Yeah, it was which, absurd. Which is crazy for us. If and you, also, I mean, it was one of the earlier ones, I think. So it was yeah. easier, I guess, for us to... We were back when we had so much passion and motivation. Yeah. And time. And because time. It was COVID tier. It was COVID tier. We watched all of them day, day, day by day, which is... I, I know I kind of I like I'd want to redo that for the Madagascar one. It's just going to be so hard, you know. It is going to be hard, but hopefully we can get the at least the big stuff, you know. Yeah, I feel like we should be able to. Yeah. Oh, we also I just, I just remembered we also watched Shrek the Musical. That was a ride. True. That was when yeah, I that was absurd. That was the longest one, dude. It was like two and a half yeah. hours minimum. Yeah, and I would not have enjoyed it if we had not watched it together, which is true. I'm really glad we did. It makes you think if any of our Summer of Stiller ratings might have changed had we True. watched all of them together. No, I, I actually, I have thought about that, and it is it is interesting to think about, but, you know. I wonder I mean, if Greenberg would have a, <laughs> a higher score if we were... I will say... Not that I, I'm implying it'll have a low score. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, when I... Okay, I guess we could just launch... This is a good segue, because Greenberg is the first movie, because it did come out in 2010. So just generally out of the gate, I want to say... When I first watched Greenberg, normally I, 99% of the time, I'm able to watch all the movies in one sitting. Greenberg, I had got busy with something, something came up, so I had to stop, like, th- th- ha- let's say about halfway, let's just say halfway through. And after watching it halfway through, just my kind of, like, subconscious thoughts about it were like, okay, this guy's a fucking freak, you know? <laughs> like, I don't really, I didn't really, you know, the pacing felt a little, I was like, Oh, the, oh, she's into him. Like, A, she's into him. That's crazy. B, it is crazy. <laughs> B, it felt kind of quick, you know? Um, I will say now that I finished the movie and I have t- had time to think about it, I think it is better than my initial impressions were because I'm just kind of thinking about, which we'll get into, like, the themes and stuff. But um, I just want to put that out there when we make these jokes about Greenberg. I, I don't think it was a bad movie. Uh, just out the gate, I want to say that. 
but yeah. Do we want to just start with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, Greenberg came out in 2010. It's the earliest of these movies, of course, to go in chronological order. Also crazy because we're finally getting into modern Stiller. I know we had Zoolander too, but I mean, you know, Meyerowitz Stories is the most recent Stiller movie that we have watched. Uh, true which is interesting um although before we get sorry once again before we get into the movies a new piece of stiller content did drop yesterday at the time of this recording and um i posted it on filmatic uh story on instagram people should check it out especially if you're a fan of god of war i I mean i told this to justin but i literally felt like i was dreaming like i I, (laughs) It would totally be like dream tier for me to be like, yeah, I had a dream where uh, Ben Stiller played Kratos in God of War. <laughs> like, it's just so absurd. And when I was just scrolling on my, you know, social media yesterday morning and came across that cover image of Ben Stiller dressed up as Kratos, I was like, this is crazy. A, because it's just an absurd concept. And B, because Ben Stiller hasn't been on the screen and on any screen, big screen or little, as far as I'm aware. And at least it was there. on my little screen the other day when I was watching. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but you know what I mean. He hasn't done anything new in a while where he's been on the screen. He's been directing, True. as we know, uh, Severance, the new TV show. Apparently, it's really good. I want to check that out eventually. Maybe that could be a Sabbath of Stiller thing. Um, he's I've never heard of it. It's it's been it's been getting a lot of buzz online and won a few awards. What is it? It's a TV series. It's on Apple TV Plus. Um, the basic concept is, and I, I think there's a lot of like, I know, if, I know a few things that are probably spoilers, but I think the basic premise, uh, like the pitch would, would be that it's like a near future dystopian society, but more modern than future. And concept is, uh, when you go into work at this specific place, they, activate a chip in your brain where you don't remember anything from your outside life. So you're only focused on work. So it's like to increase productivity. And then when you leave work, they like flip the switch back and you go to your outside life and you don't remember anything about where you work, what you do, anything like that. So it's like a complete like separation between like work life and personal life. And then there's like questions about, well, what's going on in there? Why are they doing this? You know, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, it's, it's really like good. Jeff Bezos, Black Mirror. There you go. Uh, what? <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Black Mirror. Uh, yeah. actually, I haven't seen Black Mirror. If you're really? Best, no, I have not. I've, uh, you know, I've heard about the more famous episodes, but I've never actually watched it. Um, Thematically, that sounds like it could easily be a Black Mirror episode. It's fair. That's fair, but it, this one is produced and partially slash mostly directed by Ben Stiller. So that's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's about time he does some science fiction. For real, for real. Although he has done closest uh, we got was the watch. The watch. That's what I was gonna say. All right. What's that? Who's that? Uh, who's that boy toy? What's his Toy Story? <laughs> Go check right. out the watch. Please check out the watch. It's so underappreciated. I, it is. Again, I feel like most people don't even know it exists. I didn't know it existed. Like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, crazy. I was. 
not a fan the first time I watched back in like ninth grade. I could so I'm say, glad I gave it a second a second. That's chance. fair. I mean, it definitely might not be everyone's cup of tea because I think it has. I mean, we talked about this. I don't want to yeah. jump into it, but basically, I feel like it has like one specific type of comedy. So it's like and really like leans into it and hammers it in with that improv yeah. sort of Ben Stiller thing. So if you like it, you're gonna love it and think it's a, a, a nice fun movie. If you don't like it, you're probably not gonna enjoy it because the plot really isn't is is like a little lackluster, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, if you like Ben Stiller and you're watching Summer of Stiller, I mean, why not check it out, you know? Um, all right. And with that little intro, we will finally jump into Greenberg. All right, Greenberg, like I said, came out in Noah Baumbach. Yeah, came out in 2010, directed by Noah Baumbach, most recently known for Marriage Story. And uh, I know that a lot of people talked about that. I I know that we have a lot of friends who I've heard talk about Noah Baumbach over the years, uh, specifically Casey would be the biggest one, I guess. And I was always like, oh, I want to check more of his stuff out. I saw Marriage Story. I want to say, wait, first of all, have you seen Marriage Story? Yes. Okay. What were your, like, just general, like, positive or negative? Like, how'd you feel about Marriage Story? I thought it was overrated. Agree. I'm glad we agree. I was. I, okay. I mean, I liked it, but everyone was saying yeah. it was, like, the greatest movie exactly. of the year. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what are you talking Bro, Dude. it's literally just a... I'm, movie. I mean, it's okay. good. the performances were good. Oh, no, it's a good movie. It's not like a bad movie. It's just it was so so overhyped on the way in for me uh, that I was like, I don't know. I didn't. I really I was, didn't. I, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I like. Okay. This was me. I was like, okay. I've seen the first two of the sequel trilogy star wars movies right. i haven't seen the third one i saw the first two and i was like actually i don't know when the fucking second one came out point is of course a marriage story kylo ren was the only thing i'd seen adam driver in true hold up marriage was, story came out in 2019 last jedi was okay. 2017 that's not true i saw black klansman and True. I was like, dude, Kylo Ren has just entered the big <laughs> leagues because his performance in that movie was insane. It was insane. Black, Black Clansman was awesome. Let me just say, watching that movie got me so hyped yeah. to watch The Five Bloods, which was yes. so boring. Okay, I disagree with you there. but Dude, I did not like The Five Bloods. Okay, it was fine. It was okay. But That's seriously true. disappointing because Black Clansman was like potentially 10 out of 10. No, no, I, I, I understand and more more so agree with that but i really it's an interesting phenomenon between it's it's interesting you brought those two movies up black clansman and marriage story because i feel like and i know based on what you just said we both agree with this point which is it seems like their uh expectations for those movies from the public eye and the reality of them was flipped you know what i mean because at least at least in my experience expectations at least in my experience with people we've talked to and what little I read online, right? Because marriage story was being heralded as this. And I don't know if this might, maybe a hot take. I don't know if a lot of people still feel this way, but being heralded as like best movie of the year, one of the best, unironically, I heard one of the best movies ever being thrown around. Um, 
whereas Black Klansman, I heard was overwhel- uh, uh, un- sorry, underwhelming and just like okay. And I feel like, not saying that Black Klansman was one of the best movies ever, but I feel like it felt a little, energy felt a little opposite because like, like you, when I saw Black Klansman, I was like, this is a great movie. This is awesome. And I can't wait to rewatch this. Whereas when I saw Marriage Story, I was like, it was okay. I like the performances. I'm just not really like feeling it as like in blowing mind blowing movie, you know. Um, so it's interesting. And I know that might not be a popular opinion, but yeah, I mean, we're just full of unpopular opinions. Huh? We really are. We Yo, really are. The watch is awesome. Museum <laughs> Two is awesome. Mirror Story sucked. <laughs> We sound like like fucking losers. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I will say before we, I mean, skip ahead the entire fucking episode. But yeah, Meyerowitz stories was way better than Marriage Story. Oh, easily, easily, like three times better than Marriage but Story. Three times. It also had three times as many storylines. That's uh, just kidding. That's... Just kidding. But unironically, yeah. But he also is aging as a director, right? He's like... True. Learning, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which also... Is evident is from like, Greenberg to this. I was about to say, is yeah. evident from Greenberg <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. And the funny part is, Marriage Story came out after Meyerowitz Story, so that statement I just made is completely just negligent. But... Yeah. Or negligible, my bad. The point is, maybe he took a step back? You know? One step yeah. forward, two steps back. Who can say? Maybe I, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. I've seen those two. I think the other big one is The <laughs> Squid and the Whale. Right, which my parents had on DVDs when I was a little kid, and I really wanted to watch it because the name. I loved animals, yeah. and I'm like, dude, it sounds uh, badass. A long but... King Polly moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Literally yeah. <laughs> identical situation. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I want to check this out, and it's just like some random ass movie about like people getting divorced and like oh, this movie looks boring as hell. I actually don't want to watch it. So I never did. And then my parents gave it to Goodwill. So I never actually got to watch it. Yeah. <sighs> Unfortunately, but it's that on my list. It is on my list. It's on the list, the ever growing list. Uh, don't even give me, st- it's like Dr. <laughs> Dean's to read pile. <laughs> wonder what Dr. Dean's up to, you know, apparently going to the ringling with Lane. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess we can talk about that later. Five minutes later. On his dime. That's a good point. This is not the for- it's not the forum for us to be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. All right. It is funny. And what would be funny is a hold on before yeah. you restart. Just a segment. <laughs> it's like a promo. It's just like literally like a full like four minutes, and it's just every other word is is censored because it's just this entire conversation, and like you can hear like normal words were like and the, but he just like constantly. Censored that would be a funny it. promo, maybe maybe we'll have to do it. Maybe it's happening anyway. right now. True, maybe it wouldn't. It. And, and like, if you're watching in the future, make sure to go back and. Check out the playlist to see the next podcast that we've already recorded. The Madagascar yeah, click, episode. Click right here on your screen. Right here. <laughs> That's good. 
Um, Make sure to hit your bell icon. It actually, did you know, only 0.1% of our viewers are actually subscribed to Filmatic on YouTube. So it's free. You can undo it if you change your mind later. Just just it, click subscribe, uh, like the video. It really helps us out a lot. Yeah. It costs you nothing, and it gives us everything, you know? <laughs> so. We're trying to beat the algorithm just like you, okay? Help us. Help us out. Would you Maybe throw a guy a bone? For real. Throw, uh, you want to see the physical embodiment of throw a guy a bone? <laughs> oh, you haven't uh, mailed that out yet to our lucky listener? No, I haven't. It's at this point, it's like a part of me, you know. It's like listener, listener, lis- listener. <laughs> oh no, I'm scared that uh, someone they'll they'll watch it and oh oh wait oh <laughs> come on. Come on, guys. Anyway, so 25 minutes in, you want to talk about Greenberg? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Greenberg. 2010. It's 2010. All right. Noah Baumbach. He's fresh off Squid and the Whale. All right. And he makes this film starring Ben Stiller, Greta Gerwig, who's gone on to direct uh, some some big movies, some big names in indie movies. Um, That's true. Rise Eifens. I never know how to say his name, but... He's in this yeah, too. He's he plays the the lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man, um, uh, and then Brie Larson, of course, who goes on to be in many big movies. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, who true. co-wrote the movie slash co-created with Noah Baumbach. Very true. Very true. She was great in uh, Hateful Eight. True. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. True. And um, season three. Yeah, and although the film received many positive reviews, generally it was a box office bomb. Uh, it had a budget of twenty-five million and only made seven million. And it's interesting. Uh, just on that token, I was I went on Reddit after I watched Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Sometimes I do this where I'm like, I wonder if what people have said about this on like the movie subreddit. So go on the movie subreddit and I search like Ben Stiller or Secret Life of Walter Mitty or Greenberg. And I found a lot of posts from when this came out in 2010, posts on Reddit from 2010 of people like mad that Greenberg was in theaters. Of people who like, <laughs> people who were like, Ben Stiller in an, in an indie movie? It's about nothing. It's so boring. I walked out of this movie. Like people were it's like. About nothing. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> it's a show about nothing. I don't know. Maybe it's just there is a more, there was a uh, higher concentration of fucking freak redditors in 2010. But true, probably true. Unironically, definitely. But true. <clears throat> it was an interesting role to see Ben Stiller in. It was, and he, for what it's worth, did bring his bring his all to the role. I feel like he, he really sells. Convincing. He sells that he's a freak, <laughs> a freak of nature. I literally was not expecting that from this movie. Whatsoever. I was not either. Even from like the posters and stuff I had seen. And he's like a smiling guy, just like yeah. chilling on the cover. I thought it was literally going to be like a slightly less funny Ben Stiller rom-com. Exactly. That's what I thought too. Um, but there's a reason we call insights. it series of Stiller for a reason. Oh yeah. There's a reason oh, yeah. for a reason. Oh yeah. So, you know, we start the movie, we're introduced to uh, Greta Gerwig's character, Florence. Okay, she's a personal assistant to the Greenbergs who live in, uh, this is Hollywood Hills. 
Now the family is going to go on a trip to Vietnam. Uh, meanwhile, the Greenberg father, his name is Phil Greenberg, his brother, Roger Greenberg, is going to come to the house to build a doghouse and house it, I guess. And um, Fresh up a stint in the... In the, men- in the mental hospital but don't he doesn't let that define him don't let that define him um which is i know it's, it's a fair sentiment but uh anyway so you have uh these conflicting characters greenberg florence who again is an assistant she lives uh i don't know how to describe it not uh she's how would you describe florence's life before meeting greenberg um she's definitely not well off you know she has to work for this rich family um you know uh she lives in la lives like a young like a young college graduates not like a media out of college but a few years she says yeah she says she said yeah. She said it's been the same amount of time she was in college since she graduated, which I guess is an implication that she's been graduated for about four years. But anyway. Yeah, so she's like 26, um, 27, something like that. <clears throat> oh, it does say. He says it later in the movie, I think. I think it is like 25 or 6. Oh, true, yeah, when he's yelling at her. Yeah. And he says something about him being 28, I think, at some point. Not during the movie. I thought he's he was like 38. No, he turned he turns forty two or like forty three in the movie on his birthday. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Um Yeah, she lives in kind of like a shitty studio apartment and mm-hmm. is like a personal assistant to this disgustingly rich family and just spends her free time like getting drunk with her friends at like weird indie parties and in yeah i did not understand what was going on <laughs> and also she sings with like a an acoustic guitarist at True. like venues like live venues yeah and um she Good old arthur fleck enters the scene <laughs> right and of course she also famously she says multiple times just got have a long relationship True. which i think is key because it makes i think that does add some explanation as to why she's so susceptible to this 42 year old joker um yeah but uh anyway yeah roger greenberg comes down from new york uh and starts to build the doghouse um he also has a friend in la he's from his past uh named ivan who he back in the day wanted to uh was part of his band they were gonna try to try to be a band i guess and make it in la but at the last second uh roger got cold feet and fleed to new york to become a carpenter um which gets brought up in the movie and i think ivan clearly holds some contempt towards greenberg toward before um and of course, uh, that's one of the characters from Roger's past. There's also his ex-girlfriend Beth, who is now a mother, two kids. Also, Ivan is divorced or separated and has a kid. Um, she, Beth, is played by Jennifer Jason Lee, who 
I didn't even realize this until reading about the movie after the fact, was married to Noah Baumbach at the time. I, okay, I did not know that. Interesting. Which explains, I think she's like worked with him on multiple movies before. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Um, so, Roger, like, after like only one interaction with Florence, like immediately is like, hey, we should uh, meet up for a drink. Um, and he also, he doesn't drive. He doesn't drive, okay? Um, <laughs> so she, like, picks him up, and she's like, oh, I'd stop in my apartment for my purse. I forgot my purse, because I still get carded. They get there. He comes on to her. They start. Hey, dude, there's, like, a hilarious interaction where he's like, what do you have to drink? And she's like, oh, you don't want to go out anymore? And he's like, nah, it's fine. And she's like, uh... Have a Corona light and some shitty tequila, oh, and yeah. he, he's like, just like, "Shall we split the Corona? Like, shall we split the Corona? Shall we? Dude, that was so good." And they do split the Corona. They each like take a sip before they start viciously making out. Oh yeah, wait, it, it's such an awkward scene, bro. It's probably the most awkward sex scene. I don't know about sex. ever but that I've seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, they start to have, right? Uh, you know, relationship. He starts to go down on her for right. like twenty seconds, and then she stops him by right. saying, "She says like I get nerdy or some shit like that." She's like something along the lines of that, but then she's like, "I got of a long relationship. She doesn't want to go yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. meaningless sex to meaningless sex." There's a funny line where he's like, "Which she's like meaningless sex to meaningless sex to meaningless sex." He's like, "Which one am I?" Yeah, he's like, who's the third one? And she's like, you, if we did have sex. And he's like, okay, well, who's the second one? Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, okay. And then just tries to bounce. <laughs> yeah, dude. That shit was absurd. Still not as funny as like the next time that shit happens. Dude, that was... Yeah. We'll get to that. But yeah, he's like... She like wants to take it slow, so he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm a walk home. But then she ends up giving him a ride anyway, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. And let's see. So the fucking the dog gets sick too. Uh, he is like lethargic. So Roger calls Florence and takes him to the vet. They learn he has an autoimmune disease. Um, that's also happening. I don't know. I feel pretty quick. Unless I'm missing something at this point in the movie is the crux where it just kind of turns. And then Florence is like, yeah, I like him. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just start like (laughs) having like an on and off again. Like, do they like each other? They hang out. It's bizarre, but they keep, it seems, it also seems like Roger only, truly like commits to this Florence thing after he meets up again with his ex-girlfriend Beth who true is now a divorced mother and it's very clear that they're in different places in life and Beth does not like him because he's a freak um and says some very joker stuff during their meeting um like oftentimes just ignoring what she's saying about her kids and just like talking about random shit very clearly trying to come on to her trying to ask her out for dinner 
Shivkort puts an end to it pretty quickly. It's kind of funny. She's like waiting for the waitress to come back with a check. Waitress isn't coming, and Roger keeps saying more and more shit. And she like just gets up to go find the waitress for the check. Um, yeah. And then what I'm saying is, after that, it seems like Roger like is like, oh, okay, and then just is like next on the list, back to Florence, you know? Um, right. Who's also, I guess, yeah, we did talk talk about that. Just like way younger than him. Way younger, out of a long relationship. I cannot really understand why she likes him. Um, <laughs> it's the least believable part of the movie. Truly, truly. Almost takes you out of it. Almost does. They they try to explain it or like justify it through the perspective of her friend who's like, why do you like this guy? He's mean to you and he's 42 and it doesn't make sense because he's the Joker. And she was like, <laughs> no. She actually says just... that exactly. She says that. <laughs> Watch yeah, <laughs> Florence is like, it's just things that are easy for us are hard for him. I just feel bad. For yeah, him. it's so weird. Yeah, because he's the fucking Joker. That's why easy things are hard. He calls, he calls, he calls, he calls crazy straws normal straws. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Okay. It doesn't make sense. They have like the most Joker interaction where they like go to her place. Also, she has a, she's kind of Joker too. She's like normal and she's not like socially Joker where she'll like, she's just weird. You know, she, her character has some weird traits and the way she talks about stuff can be bizarre sometimes. Like borderline seems like she's drunk, but isn't. Yeah. And there's seen. Yeah. What? So I was going to say, maybe she's like some sort of social, I don't know. To me, it seemed yeah, like it's a like, social like, sort of thing, like uh, ineptitude or so. I don't know, some sort of, there's definitely something there. It's like when you're kind of awkward in a conversation, so you just keep talking to fill the yeah the empty space kind of deal. Anyway, she's like doing that with him. And she's he's like, he, what, did, what was it? He like told a story about, no, he didn't even tell it. He just made some like, again, so Joker comment where he's like, yeah, you know, when my friend and I call each other man, we don't actually mean it. You know, we don't actually call each other man. We're saying because yeah. we 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 were, we were mocking people who say that. Yeah, we we're, we're he's a lot of people. yeah. He has a lot of contempt for both young people and normal people, quote unquote. Um, where he says stuff like that, he has a whole thing later on in the movie where he talks about. Oh, you, he has a little rant, which we'll get to. But um, that was a good, that was a good scene. That was a good scene. That whole party sequence was probably True. my favorite part of the movie. Um, after he tells her about the using man, ironically, she goes into this whole story where she's like, "This is there at her apartment. It's like another time they've like gotten back together, and they're like." I think this is when they actually have sex. Possibly no, no but yet. I think they were about to. Okay. They were about to, and she like invited him to stay the night. Wink, wink, and it was like, oh, they finally got. Oh fire. yeah, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then she tells a story. She's like, oh, I know what you mean about like mocking people ironically like that. And she tells this whole story about her, her and her friend who like went out and pretended to be like slutty L.A. girls. Her words, her words not mine. Yeah, yeah. And um, how they would like went out and they went to the this frat guy's apartment. And they, like, were filming a striptease video and, like, getting naked for them. 
And she's like, it's weird. We were like pretending to be these characters, but here we were actually doing these things. And it was kind of an interesting character revealing story. And she also, <laughs> and ben, yeah, yeah, I just want to say before, just this detail, because it didn't seem like you were going to say it, unless I'm wrong. Did she specifically say that these guys were old? Yes. Which is what pisses So him. true, actually. Yeah. So true. She um, was like, yeah, it's like these frat guys, but they were also like in their 30s, but acting like frat guys. Is this an old school reference? Because Ben Stiller's in the frat pack. Holy shit. Which he's apparently denounced as an organization. He's like, this oh. whole business about the frat pack, like, uh, I think it's just a bunch of made-up malarkey or something like that. Which I think is pretty funny. Anyway. Um, yeah, she tells that story, and then he he gets, like, furious at it. And he just, like, stands up. He's like, that's and some he's like, fucking story, and then he just walks out, right? Yeah, he's like, he's like, it's a terrible story. Bye, and then walks away. <laughs> Dude, his it's delivery just... on the word bye was absurd. <laughs> it caught me off guard. I'm like, what? Just like, there's so many levels to that for me where it's like, first of all, it's hilarious his delivery of that. Second of all, it's obviously like fucked up. Like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Third of all, it's like, not to get into anything personal, but like. You know, you meet some interesting characters over the years. You know, we've met people who are, like, through school or otherwise, like, kind of sociopathic, so to speak. I'm just saying that reminded me of some things. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Some of his actions, at least even through the whole movie, were, like, a little, like, okay, this guy's, like, a major asshole who is socially inept. But, yeah. Someone text Darian. Greenberg is coming for him with a shard of mirror. Do I have to censor? <laughs> you think he's listening? No, you're right. God damn it. Bro, can we get... Do you want to... Oops, dad. Yeah. Oh, oh no. yeah. Like, we added him to the chat. Might as well add him to True. too. True, yeah. If you're out there, we are, we're looking for you. I hope you're okay, genuinely, and uh, we'd like to have you on the podcast. Okay, so... Anyway, yes, his, re- his reaction, he's like, there's a terrible story. Bye! And, like, walks out the door, and then you hear him, like, 20 feet out the door. You don't see him. You just hear him go, like, what was the point of that story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, like, so absurd. And that is the point where you're, like... She was, like, telling this story... And it seemed like she was kind of getting emotional about it because she started to realize as she was telling it, it was kind of a fucked up, like, event. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and his, his reaction to it immediately was just like, that was a terrible story by what was the point? And just literally he's already out the door without anything else. How could she possibly still like him after that? How could she talk to him exactly. anymore? And exactly. that after after that is actually when her friend is like, dude, this guy's an asshole. You need to stop talking about him. She's, she's like, no, things are so harder for him. Uh, it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah, that's it's just like the believability just goes out the window after that. <laughs> um, but you know what? They say opposites attract, but maybe Joker attracts Joker. True. I mean, it's crazier things have happened in real life with relationships, right? I mean, you know, that's true. Um, true. Yeah, that is definitely. Yeah. Um, so. He leaves. 
and is like, I'm not talking to her, whatever, right? Gets bored and I think calls her again. And that's when she's tells him that she's having uh, uh, an abortion. Am I correct? Or like thinks that she's pregnant. I think there's a getting checked out. I feel like there's another falling out between them, like an actual like official one or some shit. I think they fuck. Oh yeah, they fuck. They just like hang right. out another time, even after that. Oh, there's another time and where then, he yells at her and then leaves. Yeah, yeah. He like he like comes in like ten seconds, and then they get into like not even completely independently. That was just a little fact, <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little fun fact. They get into like some conversation, and he just starts yelling for no reason again about some bullshit. He's like, "You keep like." He's like, yeah, I don't, well, don't want to talk to you. Like, he, like, scolds her for, like, he's like, it's your fault that we're involved. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you keep texting me. And she's like, I texted about the dog. And he's like, it's not about the dog. Look at yourself. <laughs> I don't want to keep doing this. We're seeing other people. And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, I'm not either, but I want to. Yeah. He, yeah. he goes with, like, full Joker. And then they stop yeah. actually talking. Right. And, and then, then, then the he, next day. I think is when she calls him and is like, I'm think I'm pregnant and I'm going to go get this done tomorrow. He's like, well, uh, I'll drive you. She's like, how's that going to happen? Cut. You famously don't drive. Famously don't drive. Cut. <laughs> Ivan is driving them <laughs> yeah. um, to the hospital. They get there. Uh, she has to stay there overnight. Roger does some more asshole shit where he's like, <laughs> clearly wants to go home and is like they're like yeah she needs to she needs to rest here she wants to stay here and like rest for the night um after the operation he's like well maybe she should rest at home come on let's go <laughs> just like multiple times uh yeah. ivan's like should we get her should we get her should we get her flowers he's like i think she'll be hungry we should get her a, a burger <laughs> <laughs> she opens her eyes she wakes up Less than a second after they crack open, he's like flopped the burger on her chest. Yeah, <laughs> there's some funny little moments like that in the movie. Yeah, um, she so she stays there another night. They go back home. Rogers like, come on, come on, Ivan, come on, come in, come on, let's hang out. And he's like, no, I got to go to the motel and fucking jerk off. And he's living in a motel because he's on a. Right. Trial separation with his wife, who Greenberg famously hates. Because she's racist? <laughs> yeah, apparently he's married to a racist Portuguese woman. Again, a quote from the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so Roger goes in, and who's there? His niece and her friend are back from some sort of international trip, about to go on another international trip to Australia. And... They're like, hey, what's up, uh, Roger Greenberg? And he's like, what are you doing here? We're going to Australia tomorrow. And cut to later the night, turns out that they're having a huge party. All these young people partying in Roger Greenberg. It's like the watch all over again. It's the watch all over again. So Roger comes down, you know, starts acting freaky, like tries to clean the dishes. People are trying to feed the dog who's sick. Um, like beer. beer and pizza. Um, 
some kid. Oh, Dave Franco's in this part. Yes, yeah, so true. Dave Franco sitting on the couch and he's like, "Hey, man, you want to do some coke?" And Roger just almost instantly says yes. Does a line Damn of coke. <laughs> does a line of coke. Starts talking about how the last time he did coke was in high school or no college. Jesus. Um, yeah, we wouldn't know anything about that. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. But we also certainly wouldn't know anybody who would have done that. No, of course not. Um, <clears throat> so what does he do? He does coke. He does some Vicodin. He does. He does some drugs. Starts go. He goes on some, this ins- some ins- booze. Some booze. Goes on this insane rant in front of all the young people where he's like, "I hate you and your lifestyle, and you think you're so much cooler than everybody." And- he's actually kind of chill about it though. He's not like. True, that's actually Yelling a good point. He's like just yeah, well and they also don't seem like angry at him when he's talking about it. They're just like, Really, man? They're just like they're just... kinda of like laughing at him almost, but yeah, also they're like, like sort of mocking him. I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, but... I think it was. Yeah. But uh anyway, he then goes upstairs, high as a kite, calls Florence, leaves a voicemail where he's like, I really actually care about you, basically, to sum it up. Um, goes oh, yeah. Before that, Ivan comes over. Uh, Greenberg invited him over. He comes over, and before he even makes it in the house, Greenberg like jumps on him, gives him a hug because he's all fucked up and he's all crazy at a party. And yeah. they end up having this conversation that essentially Ivan reveals his resentment that he's hold, held towards Greenberg for ruining the band back in or college when Greenberg rejected the uh, record deal that they landed. And he's like, yeah, I do regret it because I think it was, we could have, you know, it was my dream to be in the band or whatever. And, he's, and then Greenberg reveals that he's actually guilty about it too. And he's like, yeah, you think I knew that my, I had the power to cancel it all? I thought we were just giving our two cents. And they have this huge fight. And also, Ivan tells him he's getting back together with his wife, which Ben's sort of like, he is visibly and verbally against. He's like, nah, dude, you gotta be free. I know it's the harder option, but you got to. And all this essentially leads to what appears to be a permanent dissolution of their friendship. And Ivan's mm-hmm. like, I just wish you got to know my son. And he, like, walks away. And it's pretty sad. He's like, well, he's like, he was I- like... I wish I just really wish you'd gotten to know Victor. And he's like, no, he, I wish you'd gotten to he know him Vic, Vic. Vic, Vic. And he's like, who's Victor? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, my son. And then walks and away. Like, oh, dude, but sorry, it's like, like the funniest line. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Victor. Sorry, I didn't recognize the diminutive. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know if those moments were intentionally meant to be so funny, but <laughs> I don't know. yeah, I think they were. I think they were. Okay, very right, good, good. I mean, clearly, you know, Bombach knows how to make shit funny. He like helped sure. Wes Anderson write Life Aquatic and Fantastic Mr. Fox, which are two oh, of shit. my favorite of Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, I didn't know that. Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of the funniest of Wes Anderson's. I think in terms of the dialogue, dude, that shit is hilarious. We're definitely gonna get some uh, Wes Anderson. The Wes Anderson episode up and running. Wednesdays of Wes. <laughs> Dude, Tenzin and I were talking about that earlier. He was like, 
what are you going to do next? And he said he's jokingly suggested Winter of Wahlberg. <laughs> Dude, no way. That would be We were coming up with other W's and obviously Wes Anderson. I, I thought of a few and just in sub, like, what was one I thought of the other day? Fucking like. <laughs> we talked about the fall of Forte. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, that would be God, there was one I thought of. I can't remember, but yeah, there's so many possibilities. Um, who knows what'll be next? Guys, drop a comment. What should be next? Uh, but yeah, so Greenberg. So Ivan runs away. Uh, party's over. Next morning, Roger is all like, "I don't know what happened last night." And his niece and the girl are like, "All right, we're going for Australia in." 20 minutes, you should come. He's like, yeah, maybe I will. Oh, no, sorry. He's they're like, you should come to Australia. He's like, maybe I will. He's like, well, we're leaving in 20 minutes. Cut they to... They say five minutes, dude. Oh, five minutes. Which is so hilarious. Yeah. Cut to Greenberg packing his bags to go to Australia and leaving the dog with the neighbors who have been using the pool and, like, tells them to give him multiple medications he needs, which they obviously will not do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh Cut to him in the car. I think he really would have gone to Australia if they hadn't made some more jokes about him. Because once they make some jokes about him in the car, he gets pissed. And then also sees a floaty, one of those things outside of the car dealership. The tube man. The tube man. And this, for some reason, reminds him of Florence. So he's like, stop the car. Let me out of the car. And they, they won't let him out of the car as a joke. And then they let him out of the car. He runs away. Picks up Florence from the hospital, I guess. Uh, they go back to her apartment. And that's the final scene of the movie is him and her apartment talking. And then he's like, have you heard the voicemail yet? She's like, no, I haven't. She starts listening to voicemails. Gets to his. She's like, this is yours. End credits. True. Who knows what, what would happen after. Did Greenberg and Florence get end up getting married? Having kids, living a happy, happily life after, happily ever after. Certainly not that last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Interesting movie. It, very interesting movie. Um, what do you think? It was bizarre. Well made, well acted, extremely well acted. Definitely. But. Not the most compelling story, in my opinion. I think it could have been good. A good story. Okay, first of all, I don't know. That sounds, like, bad. Like, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. Like you said, it's well-crafted, well-made. Um, if you like Noah Baumbach, definitely check it out. Um, I guess on a personal level, and it seems like you feel this way, too, like, there's just a lot of, I don't know. I'm not saying the character has to be like likable or whatever, but like, I don't know, it didn't feel like f- fleshed out. Okay, I don't know. I'm not trying to also because on the other hand, Ben Stiller did a really good job portraying Greenberg as Greenberg. Um, it really sold that point, which I really did not expect from to see from Ben Stiller. Not that I didn't think he could do it, but I didn't expect that this was was going to be that and that he would pull it off. Uh, so it's nice seeing, yeah, like a change of a new yeah. role. You know, serious of Stiller. You know, he, yeah, um, he's not. He's he really not, can do it all. 
Name me you one. No, seriously. Ben Stiller is my favorite actor. So I know he's yours too. Greenberg. He's like this neurotic freak. You got like kind of a normal like Jewish guy who's like in like a what's the term like What are you talking about? Meyerowitz? Yeah, yeah. I think Meyerowitz is good because it like it takes I and mean, we're gonna get to it, but it takes this classic idea and in so many Ben Stiller movies we've talked about where it's like he's the everyman, you know, and meet the parents. He's you when you meet your in laws, you know? Right. In Tower Heist, he's a working stiff. You know, you can relate to that. There's so many, like, everyman Ben Stiller roles, but they all have their own flair of, like, how do you relate to them? In Meyerwood stories, personally, I think he's the everyman again. Or, like, I guess, well, I mean, a lot of characters are, but, like, you can relate to being in a family that's complicated, that's fucked up. You know, a lot of people can relate to having a traumatic childhood, even if it's not necessarily, like, overtly traumatic. Just having a childhood uh having things happen to you when you're a kid that stay with you for your life and how those come out and how that in you know um influences your relationship with your family and with others and your career and your you know what i mean like i feel like True. there's so much of that in Meyerowitz. so it's not I like I say, feel, not saying you were saying this but like i feel like it's more than people who are like well he just plays a normal guy you know what i mean right i was just yeah i know you were trying to come up with a good description of it, which I failed to do. I just Fair. was able to throw in Jewish because <laughs> just the Jewish I mean, guy. I, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie's very refreshingly. It's just nice seeing a, like a Jewish family dynamic. It's interesting. It's a nice like. A, True. I'm not True. saying it's typical of every Jewish family dynamic. Yeah, for the it, it is like a yeah. What I was gonna say for the for the. Uh, visual video people who are watching on video and not listening on audio. I know I have a Kanye West poster back here. <laughs> Listen, I'm evaluating whether that should be up. I love Jewish people and Jewish families. I love Meyerowitz stories, okay? <laughs> Do not cancel Filmatic over this, alright? I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> Just <swear. laughs> no, That'd be a funny joke, but yeah, anyway. yeah, Right. But yeah, no, it is nice. I like seeing the Jewish representation. I like the, uh, and not that Dustin Hoffman's like a likable character in that movie, but it is, I don't know. It's like when you see someone on the screen, you can be like, yeah, I can relate to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is his tower heist slash the watch character, his something about Mary along came Polly, Ninth Museum. Everything's going wrong for him. Character beginning of Night Museum, the beginning of the first movie. Right, you know the classic character where everything is going wrong for this poor guy. Didn't meet the parents. Come on, yeah, they're classic roles. But I'm telling you, like the Greenberg shit was out of left yeah. field. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm, in a way, the Tropic yeah. Thunder and Dodgeball were both also pretty. Oh, and Zoolander, dude, that's... I'm saying saying he's done so many different things. Yeah, no, it's insane. The criticism of Ben Stiller that you hear is, like, he always does the same thing. But really, he doesn't. You know, he just... I think his most popular movies happen to be the ones where he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Because it's so enjoyable to watch. By life. Yeah, by life, by in-laws, by aliens, by whatever you want, you know. (laughs) Right. Um, I think he plays a lot of similar. It's like 
it's like people in comparable scenarios, but he plays the characters differently. True. No, I mean, yeah, like I could. We made jokes about it, but like I don't feel like his Tower Heist character and his Watch character are the same person. They're not. They have a lot of similar personalities. Yes, but they, yeah, they're different. Um, that would be interesting. How do you think? Uh, what does he say at the end of the movie when he blows up Costco? It's like goodbye, sweet child of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Josh Kovacs would have said in that moment? You know. Yeah, if the hotel was blowing up. I guess the Watch and Tower Heist are definitely the closest his characters have gotten. Just because I feel like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, Josh Kovacs also undergoes, like, a crazy adventure that makes him more confident and more of a, a leader. Right, 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 right. But then again, you don't know, from the beginning, he was already a leader, so, I don't know. Anyway, not to, like... It just makes him less of a dick. True. Who cares about nothing but his job. But then again, that's also the same with The Watch, because remember how he was so, like, superficial mm-hmm. towards Hernandez... I believe it. Yeah. No, 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 not Hernandez. That's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy from um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That's his friend from. Yeah, I don't remember the other name, but um, I see what you mean. But also at the end of Tower Heist, he fucking got everyone there. He went to jail for everybody and got True. them the gold parts. So, well, he blew up the Costco. Yeah, and got. Them jobs or something. Goodbye, shit, sweet know. child of mine. Dude, that. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the argument where someone plays the same character, I hear it used as a criticism literally about every single actor if somebody doesn't like that actor. That's like the default thing they can say. If I don't like an actor, I can just say that. You know what I mean? That's like your get out of jail free criticism pass. You can be like, oh, you don't actually have any good like you don't have any thought out reasons you don't like this person you can just say that about anyone and it'll be like yeah yeah i guess you're right they do kind of it's just because these people have like a personality that is it's like a style that's like saying oh dude da vinci's paintings or like bro van gogh always paints the same shit they're all like swirly and impressionist yeah he's a fucking impressionist yeah that's like i definitely the artist's style ben stiller is definitely the van gogh our time in my book right and i'm happy to say that um but yeah greenberg ben stiller had a good performance it was a weird movie in terms of some motivations but it was very well made and i do think it is worth putting on your your uh your ever-growing list you know if you have a, everyone has a list like justin we all have a list like that i'd say it's still worth putting on the list maybe not too high up but I think it's worth checking checking out at some point. Um, I would like to add, yeah, just to double check because I didn't want to make myself look like a right knob. Van Gogh is actually a post-impressionist, not an impressionist. Thank you. The point I'm is, sure, yeah, he has a distinctive style, at least in different phases. Can I just say? Two Crabs by Vincent Van Gogh is one of the nicest paintings ever made. Should that be the cover of this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Out of context covers? (laughs) We could could post the out of context picture again where we're giving hints like we did for the Schneider Schneider thing. Speaking of, 
dude something crazy happened today sorry do you want to go first or should i go first no 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 go first please okay i don't know if we have to censor this you can tell me after Mm. but someone dropped a comment on that out of context post you remember when i posted this where it's like you and me in the art museum yeah um all those pictures we did medusa (laughs) you remember that I actually don't remember any of the other ones besides that. Okay, there I'll, I'll the... just I can show you on camera and I'll explain it for our uh, audio listeners. So this is uh, the caption. This is March twenty fifth. Caption out of context spoilers for tonight's Justice is Gray episode. Okay, so this first picture is me and Justin. This is all black and white, by the way, uh, in an art museum. This all makes sense. It's grayscale. Okay. Yeah, it's grayscale. This Meryl Street <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> so true uh here's oh granny what's her name granny good granny good, goodness right Granny goodness and the the quiz <laughs> that we took i think oh no missing poster no, 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 zeus. No. have you find yeah have you seen zeus yeah dude that's insane and then the quiz that we took okay right right, right so just right. keep in mind that the cover picture of this is the one that's you and me in the thing okay remember this i don't from... remember the context of that one that is literally out of context for me because I don't remember why were we walking in an art we, museum. I think we talked about the best date idea being oh, going to a museum. So like, true, it was in the quiz, wasn't it? It was on yeah, the yeah, quiz. Yeah, yeah, And we had like a riff about that for a few minutes. So that was one of the pictures I came up with. Okay, keep in mind, this was March 25th. All right. <laughs> uh, January, February, March. Uh, that was like nine months ago, okay? So right. nine months ago. Someone commented on this picture. This has no comments until today. Can you guess who commented on this picture? And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna narrow it down for you. It wasn't Colton. It wasn't. No, I, I know who it was. How do you know? Someone tell you? I was there when it happened. No, this happened today. Yeah, I know. What? <laughs> Dude, I. You don't have Instagram. I was in a call with the person when they did it. That's Cap, but go ahead. Who do you think it is? What do you mean that's Cap? You were not in that call with this person. Oh! Oh my god. Do you think this was a different person? I thought it was a different person. Because you know know why? Because I didn't have an open Instagram. I just saw the notification pop up in one of my notifications when we were and I thought it was Miss (laughs) Henches. Because her username is also Jess dot like henches. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious, dude. No, okay, the big reveal it was Jessica. Yeah, of course. I see that now, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like big reveal, Morty, and then you were like, I was in a call with them. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's Cap, but okay. That's cat book continue. Yeah, you you must have thought I was like. (laughs) I was like, I literally was. What do you mean? So do you. (laughs) That's crazy. I literally saw the notification. I'm like, Miss Henches commented. That's so weird. I'm not even going to think about this. And then I kept doing what I was doing. What the comment was also. The comment was handsome devils. Imagine if Henches said that. Dude, that'd be awesome. That's something she would say, though. Which is Fair why enough. I thought it was her, because she's left some, again, I don't know if we're censoring the name, but she's left some weird likes and comments on both Filmatic and my Instagram, and I've never talked to her in my life. 
<laughs> I don't know how weird it is. I saw she commented on the... First of all, we live in a universe. We live in a society where yeah. my AP Lang teacher from 11th grade has watched like a 40-second video of me pretending to be Ben Stiller in the after credit scene from <laughs> Meet the Parents. <laughs> we do live in a society where that happened. And she commented, I remember seeing... Meet the Parents in theaters, and it's still funny today. Yep. Quote, I and saw Meet the Parents. kind of insane, dude. I fucking wish I could go see that in theaters in 2000. Yeah, Imagine that is crazy. A, a pre-9-11 world, just <laughs> looking at Ben Stiller in a sweater on the big screen. That would that's, be incredible. That's what, that's I, you know, thing. seeing the, just thinking about stuff after Summer Stiller's been going on, and seeing the Kratos ad the other days, like, I really hope I don't go the rest of my life without getting to see Ben Stiller on the big screen because True. I don't know if I have, I might've seen one of the night of the museums, but I can't remember it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I hope I, so too. God, I really hope so. Please Ben Stiller. I've Do the seen, meet, yeah. meet the parents reboot. Come on. What are you going to say? Reboot. See. Welcome to two. <laughs> Dude, that, I, I would love to see that. Which launches us into the studio life of Walter Mitty. However, what was the context of of Jessica commenting this on the Instagram? Were you just like, "Oh yeah, this happened," or like, "Oh, we were." She was just she likes to go through and look at the posts slash clips that have me in them. Nice. And was just going through the Instagram, and um, you know what? Okay. You'll get a kick out of this. It was actually in reference to you. She initially made that comment, but yeah. she, no, 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 seriously. It was because in that picture, you're giving this like male model. Look at the camera. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're so, like yeah. your head's tilted down. And it's also because I literally tilted the sticker of my head. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She was going to put handsome devil, but she thought you would assume she was talking about me. I wouldn't. I would assume that. I, I figured you would have, and so she added the hands and devils plural, so you would know at least some of it was directed towards you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cool, cool story. Cool she story. was like, "Who's this male model here?" <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, no, it was pretty funny. It was good. It was good. You're funny. giving like a blue steel look in it. I really am. That's probably my most blue steel esque picture." That that is the one that we've used on a lot of those stickers we used to put on the covers. Maybe we should go back to that, guys. Leave a comment. after Summer Stiller. I was thinking it'd be a nice return. I was thinking about that too. Yeah, I, I kind of. I like the the new new age cover Evan made, but it really only fits for this this event of uh, true Summer of Stiller. Okay, let's move on to the secret life of Walter Mitty. All right. True. I wanna. <laughs> What? I just want to, I'm looking through the Ben Stiller filmography just to see if there's anything I might have been, oh, dude, I have seen him in theaters. First of all, there's the obvious, I know I've talked about in the podcast literally multiple times. At this point, it's going to be like five or six times now that I've said that, so I'm at a guy's cartoon in theaters when my dentist gave us free tickets. True, I guess I've seen that. I saw Night. Oh no, that was yeah, Madagascar too, and I've seen Night at the Museum too in theaters as well. Famously, the only time I've seen it besides when I rewatched it for the episode. 
But I also mm-hmm. just remembered, again, I've also mentioned on the podcast, saw Zoolander 2 with Connor. True. <laughs> Cue that picture that we've shown every time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize actually how many times I've seen him on screen. Yeah, but no, I guess yeah. in any way where I was truly able to appreciate it. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, now would be I like... I go back to 2011 and see The Watch in theaters. I feel like seeing Ben Stiller in a movie theater now, for me, would be the same feeling as when we saw Tobey Maguire again in the new Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I seen that yet. That's crazy. But like if seeing I hadn't that had again, that spoiled for me on Reddit, I would have been upset. Yeah, I would assume there's no way you would not... People who... How would you not get that spoiled? I was unfortunately subscribed to Rami memes. Rami which, memes? Rami memes. Sam... Yeah, whatever. Romney memes. <laughs> but the <laughs> point is, the, the sub started getting less funny anyway. It so did. It did. But it Dude, also I just was, cringely yeah. spoiled that shit for me, which I was like... That's fucked. I was going to watch all the Marvel movies up to that point. Yeah, inevitably. We don't know when this would be. <laughs> I've made some progress. Okay. Last um, spring break, I watched Captain America. Yeah, we already talked about that. Um, <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Well, that's the most Marvel progress Listen, I've made. I will agree on the Raimi memes point. It used to be the shit. I, me and Manny actually found Raimi memes in like 10th grade. At that point, there were literally less than 1,000 subscribers. That's and insane. Shit was so down in the dumps that they were literally making memes about each other. Like you slash glorious onion when he makes when he wakes up and like shits the bat just like so like inside 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 joke when he memes. wakes up and shits the bat dude I don't know but <laughs> it was like I don't know it was kind of a golden age I gotta say um, that is hilarious dude same thing with r slash Nolan Batman memes uh, mm. also had a very similar very insider sort of thing going on blew up but the thing is that one just died again a few years ago as far as i remember hmm. so i should have checked which is interesting but um well same with prequel memes that was also dude, hilarious and so it's cringe. so terrible now so cringe it was like it was worse than Raimi memes oh like, yeah i unsubbed from prequel memes way before Raimi memes it was it got terrible Raimi memes just got like sad but prequel memes it was like actively like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Um anyway, enough Fred I talk. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Released in twenty thirteen, three years after Greenberg. Um True. Another directed by and starring Ben Stiller. Right. Directed by Ben Stiller, based off the character Walter Mitty, first published in in uh New Yorker short story in 1940 like seven i think i, I read about it a little bit 39 39 there you go yeah. um i don't know 47 was the first movie um mm. so yeah published in 39 True, danny k that's crazy i didn't even realize that boris karloff uh yeah so based on that short story about this guy who daydreams a lot the short story is basically like this guy he's uh running errands with his wife and he's very like disattached and every time she he has runs an errand for her he like slips into a daydream where he's like a sea captain or a general in an army or a neurosurgeon 
and it get, goes on and goes on. And then the final daydream is him being shot in a firing squad for unnamed war crimes. Um, so it's a pretty, pretty zany story. You should check it out. Um, very short. It's like, Reddit. Yeah, it's like less than seven minute read. Um, <laughs> Where did you find it? I just looked up Walter Mitty short story. It's still there on the New York website. Um, Word. True. Yeah, no. That's crazy. So then it was remade in 1947 as a musical. Not many elements of the original story or the character were in the musical beyond that he daydreamed. It was a very, as Ben Stiller put in an interview that I saw, like typical, typical of the time movie where it's just like the 40s musical comedy you know, there's three numbers in it. There's slapstick comedy. It's just like whatever. Um, so that was 1947. Cut to early 2000s. Uh, the Paramount Pictures, I believe, owned the rights to Walter Mitty through some sort of deal and tried to get a movie started. They originally considered Owen Wilson. Uh, I want to say Willem Dafoe. There were... There's so many like big Jim Carrey, a lot of big names they threw around. I believe one was actually attached. I think Owen Wilson was the one that was actually attached for at least a year. And then it just didn't work out. Rolled around, rolled around. Then it's decided Ben Stiller will direct it, direct the script and star in it. And in 2013, it comes out. Um, So that's a little bit of the production history. Um, But yeah. So, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. What do you do? You want to just jump into the plot, or what are you thinking? Sure. Yeah, I remember I was really excited when this came out, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it also okay? Correct me if I'm wrong, but around the same time, didn't Ben Stiller like announce he was retiring from acting, and this was really? like going to be his last movie or something? Clearly, was not the case. But I remember that was at least a rumor that I had heard and I believed at the time. I think this was like eighth grade or something. Huh. Around the time, I mean, we were like twelve, something. Anyway, I remember thinking, like, "Damn, that sucks." I love Ben Stiller, and I was like, "This is kind of like a his final send off." And I was really excited. And my brother got in the five dollar bin from Walmart a double feature of Secret Life of Walter Mitty and the Internship. And <laughs> I was like, "Dude, talk." Actually, no, it was a fucking three seventy five bin, which I don't even know if they still have at Walmart. Really? And I was like, that's a crazy fucking deal. And watch both of them. We can get into internships some other time because we don't want to make this episode too long. But True. yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of it. I remember showing Jackson, Jackson laying out. I was like, you got to watch this shit. So we watched it like the same week I watched it the first time, right? I just like instantly watched it. It's awesome. It was like a childhood favorite of mine, even though I was already like, see for me, it's like, I wanted it to be like, I remember seeing the trailer when it came out through some way or some form and being like, that looks fucking awesome. Like, you know, you see the poster of him like flying in the air. Um, It's Ben Stiller, of course. So it's just like, I really want to see that. I never got to see it. I didn't have any means to see it. So I just never saw it, but I really, I've always wanted to. I just, you know, never got around to it. So I was really, really hyped to see it, and I was not disappointed. I had a really good time watching this movie, and it was great. Um, and it's I think I'm going, so. yeah, yeah, it was the first time, and I think that I'm going to rewatch it many times in the future. It was, it was a charming movie. 
if you could put it that way. Um, <laughs> charming? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Do you think so? <laughs> Dad. We forgot to rate Greenberg, by the way. Oh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, dude. <laughs> they said that in one of the... I think it was in Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Someone says, as they say, moving on. And I'm like, is that a fucking Night the Museum reference? Because like, as they say, and no one in the movie had said it before. Who are they saying says this? Are they talking? Are they, they talking yeah. about Cecil? They're talking about Cecil. Right. Cecil? <laughs> Cecil. Dude, Cecil Stiller to this See, day. Best title we have. Best title, dude. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Secret of Walter Mitty. Um, actually, I don't know if you knew this, but it's got some pretty mixed reviews. Rain more so ranging slash leaning towards mid slash negative, uh, especially when it, when it came out. Um, uh, it's let's see if I can find a little uh. Yeah, I got a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I guess critics didn't think that it was... Like, that it was trying to be profound, but it wasn't. I don't know. I felt like, personally, like, the intentions of the movie felt very, very clear. Um, It also... I liked that there was... it At least to me, it felt like there was a little bit of a switch-up where it's like, you get into the movie, you see that he's having all these daydreams, and you are led to believe this will become a thing for two hours that he's going to have a daydream after daydream cut in and out of it. I like that him starting his adventure and like getting out of his dreams, so to speak, there's no more daydreams after that. It kind of subverts your expectations and also makes sense. Um, where it's like, he's just lit now. He's just living this craziness. You know, I like that a lot. No. Yeah. And the first thing, we can get to that in the plot. Continue. Sure. I don't jump That's, into it. No, I was going to say, just really endearing. And I specifically went back and watched uh, the the scene where he jumps into the helicopter. I watched that a few times. It's an awesome scene. I'm not going to lie. It is a great scene. Um, but anyway, we can talk about the plot now, I guess. So, Walter Mitty, he is a negative assets manager at Life Magazine. Uh, he has chronic daydreams now known, I think as maladaptive daydreaming. Uh, and he used to, he starts the movie and you see he's on this, uh, dating site, eHarmony. This is back when eHarmony was the big, big thing. And, uh, he wants to send a, send a wink, which is like, send a like, I whatever, swipe right, whatever you want to call it. Is eHarmony real? Yeah. Okay, I did notice there's a lot of product placement in that movie. Okay, see, like, yeah, that, can we talk about that. Listen, I want to say, I really didn't even like. I didn't think twice about the product placement in the movie until I read reviews where they were like complaining about it. Really? I feel like, yeah, I felt like all the product placement worked. It never felt like an ad to me. None of it. The Papa John's, the E Harmony. I don't know. It all serviced the plot and serviced the the vibe of the movie perfectly i think it worked better for specifically like the papa john stuff right just Pop like worked some better. good jokes well that's some you good know? jokes but like if it was just a generic pizza place i don't think it would have i don't know it wouldn't have felt the same 
Well, the whole point was that the name actually was directly right. integral to the context. Of well, that too. Yeah. I think eHarmony easily could have been just like any fucking random name. Yeah, like but I mean, the fact that it's com. Yeah, but I mean, did you watch this and do you think it would make you want to go start using eHarmony? You know what I mean? Like, no, of course not. The but whole point it of it is, is like that he quits eHarmony. True. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think he also makes fun of like, how much it costs. He's like, yeah, I can't swing this 700 a year or whatever. Like, it is expensive. Also, if you look, I don't, maybe I'm the Joker, but the very first scene in the movie shows him. Also, dude, the movie is shot so fucking nice. Dude. It is like the most pleasing looking movie I've ever seen. Dude. I was not ready for this level of cinematography. It was crazy. I, okay. Yeah, I rewatched it again. This is probably like the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. And like, I remember liking it. I mean, like, yeah, dude, it's a great movie. He does fun stuff. Good yeah. soundtrack, which we'll also get into. But, like, rewatching it now, I was like, I actually was, I liked it more than I have in the past. I was like, this shit actually really impressed me. Yeah. Maybe I'm exaggerating when I say one of the nicest shot movies I've ever seen in my life, but it has some insane shots, and it's, it's really beautiful. Might be the best shot Stiller movie, possibly. Honestly, probably. Probably true. I mean, my Arnowitz is up there, but I was gonna say both of the Noah Baumbach ones had really good cinematography. He's that's like his this is whole thing, you know, his, right, his yeah. dialogue and his cinematography. Yeah, but okay. um, yeah, fuck, I had there's something I was gonna say. Um, oh yeah, and like the first like scene in the movie is like this scene of him in his apartment, and he's writing in his um, checkbook, and. Forgive me, I haven't used a checkbook for much since BizTown in fifth grade, but I don't know the name of the page on the front where you, like, keep a track of all the shit you paid for and, like, subtract it from the total every time you write something. You, like, change the total amount. And I paused it. That's why I said I might be the joke of doing this, but I paused it because I wanted to read all the things he's paid for eHarmony was like hundreds of dollars, bro, for like the sign up. I'm like, holy shit, bro. That's crazy. Like, that can't I mean, be that's real. Thing. That, that's not like a Tinder. It's not like a Tinder app, you know? It's it's one of those like meeting like actual partners, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I feel like is also kind of like a 2010s type thing. I it feel is. like you don't really hear about anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, You do get some classic Stiller in that scene like, slapstick of Stiller, where he's, like, not really slapstick, but, you know what I mean, when he's, like, trying to send the Physical wink. comedy, yeah. He's trying to send the wink, and it just won't. It's, like, boom, error. And then he just keeps doing He's, like... Yeah, that's good. Which we then cut to, you know, he can't send the wink. He then is waiting for the bus and calls Todd from eHarmony. I thought that was funny. I don't know. I agree. I like Todd from eHarmony. I think that's a really funny... It's a nice yeah. background, um, like like storyline slash bit to have. Yeah, like, it works. Line. Yeah, it works as a check in for his life. Also, we'll say Walter Mitty is by far the most comedy of the three series of Stillers. Yes, easily. I think it's, it's even just if you look at Walter Mitty on Google, I'm pretty sure it says comedy under genre. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> we yeah. just need I mean, the third. I mean, I was trying we to pitch to... Darian. I was trying to pitch Darian to watch it the other day. I was like hyping it up, and then Darren was like, "So it's a comedy," and I was like, eh. <laughs> "Like I didn't know what to say." So I didn't want to say comedy because like 
I feel like you you hear Ben Stiller comedy, you get certain expectations when you go in. Right, like Dodgeball tier. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's not Zoolander. Dodgeball. Dodgeball is a comedy. Zoolander is a comedy. Walter Mitty is comedic. You know, like exactly. Um, no, yeah. That's yeah. It's comedic. That's the word. But um, what it seemed kind of like to me. Actually, I think that's an insight to drop after the story has been walked through. Should we just, should we walk through it? Yeah. Continue, rather. I knew you were started. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. Um, E-Harmony, winking doesn't work. Goes to wait for the bus. Calls Todd from E-Harmony, played by Patton Oswalt. He's like, the the winking isn't working. We don't even see him. We just hear Patton Oswalt's voice. Yeah, we never see him until the end of the, spoiler, after the movie. (laughs) I don't know. Um, he's like, yeah, the uh, eHarmony winking isn't working. And he's like, no problem. We can uh, set you up manually. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, so what are, what are some things that you've done? Have you done anything? He's like, uh, I... Uh, been there, done that. Yeah, been, the been there, done that section. And then we get cut to the first daydream of Walter Mitty, where he hears a siren going off while he's on the phone turns building nearby is on fire and uh he it turns into kind of yeah go ahead sorry no continue i was i was just gonna say he's on an elevated like train platform so he's like looking into the windows of like a like an eighth floor like apartment or some shit yeah um so fire start i also like one thing that we see introduced in this is like during the dream sequences like the very like profound and like really good cinematography that's mostly like wide shots on a still camera turns into like a handheld sort of thing where like it's like an act, like a michael bay well yeah it's reflecting what it's parodying which is in this right, case an right, action right. movie and i think in almost all the dreams an action movie so um yeah so handheld him running into the building uh you know saving people from a fire i think he grabs a dog or something maybe he- uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. like jumps. He just like flippers some shit. Like yeah. he does like a corkscrew. Like jumps off the platform into a window. The camera like quickly goes down to the bottom floor, and he instantly is like coming out the front door, carrying a three-legged dog, which is a reference to the girl he's trying to send a wink to on eHarmony. He like read her true. bio, and she was so like, true. I didn't even think about that. I have one of those three-legged dogs and a child two-legged and he he gives like a little like we just see a little like side shot of his face and he just goes yeah <laughs> this is so, so true so true um so yeah he comes out with a dog she comes running up she's like oh you found my dog and he's like i smelled gas and i heard barking and like and, and on my way down the elevator i willed him this prosthetic a little and he uh, his classic like little kelp algae type plant yeah He's like, it's a little spring-loaded lever-type, like, arm device. It's, awesome. it's so good. Yeah. No, there are, so that's good. what I'm saying. There are some, like, token comedy. That's true. That's true. That are, like, it all just blends together so well, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really blends together really well. Um, so cut back. He's still sitting on the train platform. Big reveal Morty. He was dreaming. <laughs> And he's missed his train. It cuts to him yeah. watching his train pass in the distance. It's a really cool scene, actually. Yeah, it is. Um, it does the so. classic wake up from a dream where he's talking to the woman and her voice turns into Todd <laughs> from E-Harmony's voice. 
Yeah, it's like she's like, thank, thank you, Walter, Walter, and he's like, Walter, yeah. Walter. Walter. <laughs> I said, Walter, do you? What else have you done in the been there, done that? And then he's like watching the train go by. Train's gone. Cut to him walking to work. We get the classic shot. And, you know, I love the colors in this part of the movie where it's like everything's kind of gray and blue, blue dark, yeah, bluish, where it's like everything blends together. He's like in a crowd of people walking to work. They all look similar, you know, walk into work. And it's also, you know, just a gray building, the life building. Um, very cool set. I saw a behind the scenes thing where they actually like of them like modeling the set it's like really actually like very intricate and stuff it's just very cool um i mean it looks like it. some of the shit is like it's like so fastidiously placed out yeah like, very meticulous yeah yeah it's got a nice like north sea color scheme the movie you know true it's true. all like dark like blues and grays and like maroons yeah um so then, do you want to take it from here? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Done a lot of plot. No, you've seen this a few times. Yeah. Um, it's good. So essentially, he gets into work after obviously missing his train. So he's like, oh, fuck, I'm late. He's like running to work. He's like looking at his watch. He gets into the building and he is approached by either his coworkers. Yeah, his coworkers like, oh, Shit day to be late, buddy. Not actually. He's like, yeah, dude, terrible time to be late. We're being acquired. They're, like, downsizing the company. Like, people are probably going to get fired. We're under evaluation. It's, like, a big deal. Then his sister shows up, uh, Odessa, and she's like, happy birthday, Walt. Big reveal. It's his birthday. She gets him a cake, and she's like, oh, you know, I got a part in a play, so I need you to go help um, help our mom with the piano. And I'm like, what is that? It's some kind of subplot that we're going to get introduced to. He says he can't because he's late, and clearly something important's happening with the company. So he says, "Listen, you're going to have to blow up your audition and go do this." So she bounces. He, she's kind of mad at him. He goes into work, and he catches up with his other guy and some work buddies, and they're talking about, "Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen?" And then another guy who's like kind of in the background turns around to reveal Adam Scott with a big beard. He's like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I can tell you. I'm the guy who's in charge of the transition. And he kind of introduces himself as a dick. He's like, kind of like blunt and, you know, he's like trying Played to. Played by be Adam funny. Scott. Played by Adam Scott, yeah. who is in Parks and Recreation, but also is now working with Stiller. He's the lead in Severance, the TV show I was talking really? about earlier. Yeah, he's the lead. Okay. So. Nice. I, he, I think he played this role pretty well. Oh, definitely, yeah. The beard, <laughs> which is funny, it's like completely different from his character in Parks and Rec. Yes, he's kind yeah, of very mild mannered and like. Very... Anyway, point is, he's like Ben Stiller's kind of awkward and like not like his character's really awkward, but in this conversation, he like kind of stutters and doesn't really. He's flustered, right? And yeah. Adam Scott's character, who's. <laughs> He, like, gets called a name by other people, but I'm pretty sure he's, like, credited as, like, beard guy or something, That's which awesome. I think is hilarious. Anyway, he snaps at this opportunity to essentially make Ben Stiller, like, a recurring victim of his, like, bullying in the office. And he's like, uh, uh, what, what you, don't, you don't know what you do? And the whole time, Ben Stiller is like, he's like, oh, he, so Adam Scott's like, what do you do? 
And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I am. I'm like, uh, uh. And then Adam Scott makes some some comment. He's like, yeah, he like ridicules him. And Ben Stiller's like, you know what? I've had it. And like snaps and like starts like fighting him. And they like, what does he do? He like, I I think you're. T- are you talking about when he has the doll? No, 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 no. Oh no, he doesn't start fighting him. Doesn't he just like roast him or something? Yeah, you're talking about when they're in the elevator, right? Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, here's what happens. There's... Okay, well, the one I'm thinking of is when he's in the elevator. The other two guys are behind him that he works mm-hmm. with, and yeah. when he snaps back, he's like, "And you know what I think? The beard should, should only be worn by Dumbledore or something." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, not you. And then the guys behind him are like laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah. Cut to right. That is real life. Yeah. Yeah. Another dream. Boom. He was daydreaming, and Adam Scott's like, "You're a fucking freak." Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's a guy. What do you do? And Benster's like, "Oh, negative assets. Negative assets manager." And he's like, "Worth the wait." Yeah. And like walks away, <laughs> which I think was pretty good delivery on that. It was very good. Very good. Um. Um. Yeah. So he goes down to his. Like warehouse-esque office, which is literally a warehouse where he has one other buddy, Hernandez, who's like his like uh, direct um, inferior. I don't know. It sounds like the wrong word to use, but you'd call I mean, him he's like, Yeah, he's like kind of his boss, basically. Like he's. In, I mean, he, Ben Stiller. I wouldn't have even thought he was his boss if he didn't say later in the movie that he was a good boss. He literally yeah. calls him his boss. Well, but they seem like, like they both I mean, do like, similar. It's very it casual just, I think, environment, it seems like. Yeah, casual, like, they're very good friends, it seems. To, like, probably yeah. Ben Stiller's only friend, even if they don't hang out outside of work, so to speak. True. Um, yeah, he's, like, he helps out with the negative assets, and he's, like, Ben Stiller finds a letter on his desk, or a package, and it's, like, a reel of film with a little wrapped gift, and he's, like, what is this? And Hernandez is, like, oh, it's from Sean O'Connell. Who's like a big photographer played by Sean Penn, <laughs> who's um been working with Ben Stiller for a while, and we get some background. For years. Info. True. Hernandez is like, yeah, he's like the only one who he's like, yeah, he still uses film. He's so old school. Earned some respect in my book for a man crush or some shit like that. <laughs> and Ben Stiller opens up the film and he's like, Do you want to mount this? And Hernandez mounts it. And he opens the package and it's like a letter. And Sean Penn's like, oh, you know what? Thanks for working with me for like 16 years. I can always trust you to get my work where it needs to be. Uh, number 25 in the reel is the the big picture. It's the good one. The quintessence one. of life. That's what he calls it. Is, He's is like, the, the quintessence yeah. of life. You gotta. I'm sure I can trust you'll know. You'll get it where it needs to be. And Hernandez mounts all the shit, and he's like, Ben Stiller, it's not here. Number 25 is gone. And um, right after that happens, after they realize 25 is gone, another one of Ben Stiller's work buddies, the one who he first ran into in the building, pops his head in the door and he's like, big meeting with the acquisition upstairs. They want you to bring number 25. <laughs> so, so, so bring 25. And then he leaves. And cue them looking at each other like, uh-oh. Ben Stiller's like, all right, you need to try and find it. And he goes upstairs right in the middle of he, classic awkward stiller moment where he opens the door in the middle of the meeting where everyone's like listening and he's like behind the speaker and everyone else on the other side of the room 
And he actually <laughs> to like in shuffle into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Adam Scott's addressing the group or yeah, dude, there's like the scene's actually really funny, the way he like every now and then like turns around to confirm with his lackeys like what he's saying. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, we're getting acquired. I think one of the other guys working there is also like doing some of the talking. He's like, Yeah, sad stuff. Oh yeah, he's the one actually talking at first. He's like, Really sad, we're bummed we're gonna have to be firing you. <laughs> And then right as he's but he's like, oh, but the good news is, and then Adam Scott interrupts him and he's like, listen, everybody, we need number twenty-five. Who's got it? Who's got it? And he like turns around, he's like, what am I doing up here? And <laughs> yeah. the guy with the, the guy who was first talking, he's like, oh, it's actually this gentleman over here. And he points to Menstore, and he's like, ah, Major Tom, yeah, because he he like initially called Menstore Major Tom as like a because he was like drifting. He was to mid-dream. Like, and... Yeah, to just a guy. I don't understand how it really relates to the song. Oh, it's because just... he was saying, can you hear me, Major Tom, yeah, which yeah. is the lyrics. His delivery he was, like, was so oh. good during that. Yeah, no, his delivery in the movie is just hilarious. Adam Scott plays the perfect asshole in this movie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but he's like, uh, Major Tom, and he's like, seems like genuinely happy. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he just, like, I like how there's moments in this movie, not counting towards the end, where he like, doesn't just straight up hate Ben Stiller. He's just like, all right, yeah, you're going to give me what I need. All right. So, right, 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 so right, where right. is it? Where Where is number 25? And Ben Stiller is like, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's being processed. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So he, it's like it's being processed. He comes with an excuse because they obviously can't find it. Oh, also in the package with the letter from Sean Penn was also a wallet engraved with like the motto of the life magazine true there's a lot of life product placement in the movie the movie's like sponsored by the magazine because he i mean he works there. it's his whole i forgot if we even mentioned that but yeah he works for life magazine that's where he's at anyway he ends up like seeing maybe briefly talking to kristen wiggs character who is the woman from eHarmony that he's been trying to uh send a wink to oh yeah that was with the major tom moment he's like just looking at her from the coffee machine like watching her talk to someone else and listening to her and she mentions how she likes she 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 made a joke yeah she made a joke when her friends like how was your weekend she's like oh you know i like listened as my spanish mountain climbing lover like recited poems to me and then ben Stiller has a dream where he like breaks through the wall as a Spanish mountain climber and like recites poetry to her. And yeah, um, pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, I think essentially oh no, I what happens. happens. Oh yeah. Please, I, just, please. I think I know specifically after that, he goes out for lunch or whatever, like in the middle of the work day, he goes so outside, true. goes sits outside by the fountain in the uh, front of the life building. And he's looking at the, uh, the, the thing that Sean sent him with all the, the reels and right. the little pictures. There's only like three, um, according to Hernandez who mounted the film, there's only three printable pictures. And they're just like, one's like an up close, they're all black and white film. One of them's an up close of a thumb. One of them is like some weird pattern. And one of them is just some up close of some weird object. We don't know what they are. And yes, you're right. It shows Walter... Uh, one of the coolest transitions in the movie is like this like after the meeting with Adam Scott he's like back in the room I think with Hernandez where he's like yeah, I can't find it or something 
it's like some establishing scene or something like that and it shows like an up close of them looking at the film and the like if you know what film looks like it has like the square in the middle and like the black outline and like the holes down the side for like running it through the machine mm-hmm. and it's like an up close of that like fades into like a similarly shaped top-down aerial view of the fountain and it like looks like the exact same is insane and it's him sitting on the edge of the fountain looking at printed out blown up versions of those three printable images and he's trying i guess he's like looking through like tiny little loops cheryl melhoff uh kristen wiggs character approaches she's like hey uh what are you looking at and he's like oh just looking for some clues and she's like, oh, you know, I'm taking a class on writing mystery novels. Maybe I can help you. And she looks at it, and she's like, yeah, it's a thumb, uh, a weird object. And then the pattern we're revealed is looks like water from an aerial view. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, that's what it was. It's revealed to be water in that transition. The transition is an up-close of that picture. And the picture True. of the water turns into the water of the fountain, and the outline of the film becomes like the actual fountain itself. Anyway, she's like, yeah, I, I, don't, I wish these clues could be more helpful, but they're not. And um, that kind of establishes their relationship, right? Well, they also, as like, I think after that, they go, is that where the, her son in the park, the skate park, uh, where he's... I don't think so yet. Okay. Damn, bro, I wish I had fucking like a scene-by-scene synopsis of this shit. Uh, I think there it must be pretty soon after that though, because there's not much time before he goes to takes the plane. Like that's true. Well, no, well, also essentially his, his sister and his mom, probably right. So true. Um. So I'm trying. I look up the script, but it's not really helping very much. Hmm. I could probably just pull up the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, immediately after the fountain scene, he goes with his sister to look at where their mom is going to be moving. Or him, her mom is moving. His mom is moving from. Um, it's there that we see that. Uh, learn about his dad because they're going over all the old stuff. So there's like the newspaper thing of him and his dad winning. Uh, the skateboard thing, you know, we see that he has a mohawk. <laughs> and I think that all this stuff, like, is actually pretty important for the movie because it signifies, like, how he originally lived a more adventurous life before his dad died and how that one event kind of changed the trajectory of his life. And how, so you know, true. the whole theme of the movie is, like, rediscovering yourself and slash evolving. So I thought that was really, you know, really works for that. Um, but yeah, after that scene, he goes back to life office. They figure out that the, there's like a a Norwegian word on the on the picture of the of the water. Kirkings, yeah. Oh, and okay, this is where. So when he was with his mom and his sister, or sorry. Oh wait, uh, you're right. It is. It is. Oh, okay. So true. Uh, when he's with his mom and sister, his sister. It's his birthday, by the way. That that day was his birthday. Of course, no one knew it was his birthday besides his sister. She gives him that, what's it called? The doll, the the stretch doll that they had from childhood and the cake. Uh, he brings that stretch doll and cake 
back to the office because he had to get back to work, I guess, that day. And Adam Scott gets in the elevator with him as he's holding the doll and the cake. And he's like, hey, what's up, cake man? Where's my picture? And he's like, it's uh, it's being bathed. Or Well, he comes up with another excuse. It's in for a why silver bath. Yeah, it's in a silver bath. Um, and, uh, yeah. First of all, I would like to acknowledge, I think I just messed up when I first started talking about the beginning of the movie when I was giving the synopsis, because I said the birthday thing happened at the beginning, which I guess didn't. Was that not the first day he went to work? I guess not, because he didn't have the doll. Yeah, it must have been the next day. But, um, oh, he got the cake the first the first day. Oh, right? true, true, He got true, the doll yeah. later. He calls, him, he calls him Cake Man first. Cake, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the script on dailyscript.com. No way. <laughs> this shit is not the actual movie, bro. Yeah. I don't understand where this shit's coming from. Like, am I out of my mind? Like, it, it is clearly the same movie because it has, like, Todd Mahar from eHarmony, like, <laughs> talking to him. But then it also has this, like, it's like the established, it's like the description of, like, the actions. And it's like, as Walter stands to go outside the Starbucks window, a grand piano exploded from Walter's head, falls from the sky onto the middle of 53rd Street. Interesting. Walter's out on 6th among a crowd, waiting for a light to cross, when a black and white New Orleans jazz funeral procession passes in front of him. Black and white in the sense everyone in it and all their instruments and lively waving umbrellas are in black and white. Walter and the business people around them are in color. Credits end. What? What the fuck? What is this coming from? Is there like a hidden deleted no, scenes no, or some no. shit? Someone must be bullshitting for some reason. Just fucking create. This is Just... like the sixth page out of 120 of this movie script. Dude. Who came up with this? the fuck knows did they um, just like fan fiction their own version of it but wait hold up maybe they literally did who made this movie besides Ben Stiller someone I don't remember the name a few people was it Steve Conrad from Shrek was there someone Conrad named Vernon yeah I was gonna say there's someone named Conrad oh no it is it is he, he wrote the screenplay and the story here steve conrad so that isn't even like what the hell is this bro bro walter Mitty 30s i don't think so bro yeah uh yeah no bro i don't know where were we uh the little doll the stretch armstrong he has a dream in the elevator where he picks a fight with the boss over the doll, making fun of the doll, and then they becomes like a superhero movie, and they like fly out of the building onto a truck in the street and have this insane fight as the truck is barreling through the streets of New York uh, with the doll. Um, cut to it's of course a dream. Adam Scott fucking leaves. It's like next time I see you. Is that this time when he says that? Fuck, dude, I don't know. No, it's not. All right, because what happens next is he meets up with Cheryl again, 
they get you know the chemistry really gets going they're walking through the streets of new york they go to the skate park he meets her son we get a little more of a glimpse in walter's past because he's like you know i was actually uh, pretty good at skating and does some like insane tricks behind cheryl's back when she's on the phone with her ex uh which is pretty True. funny um almost an exam almost like one of the first examples of something that could be a dream but actually wasn't exactly and, like the way it looks it's almost surreal because yeah. he's like unfocused in the background doing like absurd yeah, well, it's also, and it's also not ben stiller like i, or, I read that it, it's like one of the i don't know the name of course but it's like one of the best skateboarders in the world they got to do that um just like dress tony up hawk. like no not tony hawk steve-o um, steve, yeah steve-o um <laughs> no um that's funny but you know i like that i like that that sense in this point in the movie going forward for a bit where it's like you're like this guy's really going to greenland when's he gonna wake up you know it's like yeah you don't know you know what i mean i love that i love that it's such a great like concept like to keep you guessing like it's it's so good um so yeah he meets up no no, sorry no no no, please 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 please, you're you're doing way better than me dude i'm clearly just (laughs) so bad at remembering the exact timeline of this movie um well, they have that little. He has another dream when he he's in the park with her, where he's like, he's like, it's so funny, possibly the funniest dream. Where he's like, turns into a dream, and he's like, up close to her, and he's like, I, I just, I, I really want to be with you, and I, I'm Benjamin. I got Benjamin Button's disease. <laughs> yeah, I don't really so, know how it works because I never saw the movie, but I have it. Yeah, and then he just turns super old, and then it cuts to like the future where. They're both old, but he's also like the size of a baby. <laughs> if you've seen Benjamin Button, if you've seen Benjamin obviously, yeah, uh, the curious case of Benjamin Button, if you will, very curious case. Um, just a very, very comedic dream to happen. Um, True. Okay, so then he goes. So then he's like, because they're still working all the clues of this, and he's like, yeah, it's like some sort of Norwegian word. Or something we traced, something, something. He's like, I traced it to Greenland, something. And she's like, Well, you should just go to Greenland. And he's like, Well, what did, yeah, sorry, go if ahead. you want me to, yeah, please. So please. they, they, there's a word they can tell on the in the picture of the water, there's like a word reflected in the water from like the side of a boat or some shit. And it's like this weird, perfect snack, like unrecognizable. And, uh, Cheryl has checked with her friend Peggy, who sends out paychecks to Sean Penn's character. Um, where has she sent the checks to? Because that the whole thing is, they can't find 25. They need to find Sean Penn. That's why True. he's looking at these pictures. He's looking for clues. They're trying to figure out, how can we get number 25 so he doesn't lose his job? Because clearly, Adam Scott wants his quintessence. Yeah. And uh, Kristen Wiig's like, yeah, my friend... Um, she tracked him down to either two locations in New Jersey, and Benster's like, "Oh, cool, a train ride." And <laughs> she's like, "Or Greenland," and he's like, "Greenland, the country?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, first of all, I might be wrong. I thought Greenland was just a territory of Denmark. I don't know if it's actually a country or not. That's another point. Um, they're like, "What? It could be either one." He's like, yeah, well, let's let's hope it's New Jersey, and then she's like, okay, yeah, sure, and then she googles Urkig Snack, and it's like a boat from 
Greenland. And he's like, uh, I guess it is from Greenland. <laughs> so he he's like, yeah, I guess I guess I can't get it. And she's like, what do you mean? Oh, also, um, in the intro scene where he's looking at her eHarmony profile, it it just says like the three things she likes is like bravery, imagination. No, it's like bravery, adventure, and creativity. Adventure, bravery, creativity—the ABCs, as he calls it. Mm-hmm. And um, he really wants her to like him, obviously. So she's like, "You know, you should go. Why not? Just go to Greenland." And he's like, "Oh." Uh, maybe I should. So he does, right? Well, yeah, because like he goes, he goes back to the office next day, and that's when Adam Scott's like, "So next time I see you, I'm gonna have the picture, right? Repeat after me, and like you like make some promise." And then Ben Stiller goes down to the warehouse thing. He's like, doesn't know what to do. Clearly, he's like fucked. Looks at the picture of Sean Penn, and Sean Penn's picture is like this. He's like. It looks really suspenseful, like dramatic music. He's like, for audio listeners, he beckons towards the, uh, just like, come, you know? Um, it's badass. Let me just say, that's yeah. also the clip they use for the live video of the menu on the DVD version. No way. And it has the music. First of all, the soundtrack is fucking insane. Jose dude, Gonzalez goes like. crazy. It's so good, dude. Both the it's score like, and the songs used. That's I was about to say. It's like half original score, half like indie like songs. I guess just like very well placed, dude. Shit's shit's so good, bro. And yeah. that there's like a recurring, um, like I don't know, musical motif, which is this like humming done by Jose Gonzalez that appears in a lot of the tracks, and it's like kicking in with this like ambient kind of acoustic music as like Sean Penn's like beckoning him into the fucking picture. It's awesome. so sick. Dude. Yeah. So that's the moment he decides he's going to do it. Goes to the airport and during when he going when he's going to the airport, we see the life motto in different like things. So true. Well, first so of all, you get the scene of him running out of the office with all the the magazines on the wall. And it's like all these iconic covers of like Marilyn Monroe, like the moon landing, all this sh- not the not the moon. Well, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I think to he's the, one of them. It gets to the last one, and it's Ben Stiller's as an astronaut, and it's like yeah. makings of a man or something like beginnings of a makings of a brave man. That's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, astronaut Walter Mitty. Then we go to the airport. All these like little pieces of the motto are everywhere. It's like he's in the, the terminal, and it's like things dangerous to come to, and it's like he's getting a ticket, and the lady behind behind the lady. The, the lady it's like to see behind walls and it's like all the little pieces of the motto up to the point where he's taking off in the plane on the runway the fastened seatbelt lights are like showing the yeah. life motto and it's this like hilarious shot that pans the entire three row airport airplane seating and the entire mm-hmm. left section's empty the entire middle section's empty the entire right section's empty except him and one other passenger right next to each other like yeah. crammed into two seats next to each other but then they also make friends because when they get out of the the thing, they like shake hands. True, he didn't even seem upset about it. No, it like, was great when he was sitting there. I he will was say, like, yeah, sorry. No, that was it. That was it. I was gonna say, I will say, there was only one moment. Not that I mind. I truly could not give a shit. I don't I like reading the things. I don't get the people who tell you about product placement. I don't care. It never felt like that to me at all. Besides this one shot, 
again, I don't care, but it was funny. He's like in the airplane looking out, you know, it's Greenland. And then it shows his tray where he's the food tray in front of him. It's like the most beautiful shot you've ever seen of like a breakfast. It's like there's these like cookies and there's like a shadow. I'm looking at the thing right now. It's like a shadow casted over it. These cookies and this, oh, this beautiful orange juice. Yeah, the coffee, some berries, and then right there under the napkin where the drink is, it says Air Greenland. It's like clearly an That's Air That's hilarious. Greenland. I didn't yeah. even notice that example. I, I do remember the breakfast job. scene. I remember thinking it looked like, do I have this thing? I love airplane food. I love the meals. Interesting. Unpopular opinion. I got into a whole like debate about it at a Halloween party on Sunday, but the point is, I, I love the concept. I don't know why. Maybe it's literally just like some form of like fucking sensory autism or some shit. But I love, I love the. You just have so many tiny examples of different things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a sense of progression. You're like eating this. You're like, okay, you got like the fucking meal. You get the little piece of bread. You get the little piece of cheese. You got the fruit cup. You got the dessert cup. Yeah. And it's always like you're so fucking hungry on this flight. You're like. It's just so satisfying when they fucking deliver it to you, bro. That's fair. No, I, I mean you're making it sound pretty appealing. Um, I said you the picture. Sometimes you'll get a lane mail. Oh yeah, please. Where'd you send it to? Uh, on Discord, if you want to check it out. But uh, I mean, I'll keep going until you see it. Um, so he lands. They shake hands. He goes to rent a car. It's like ah, I'm here to to rent a car, and <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, we have two cars we have a blue one and a red one he's like <laughs> let's take the red one which of course you know yeah. in film there's always the classic blue and red motif you know most famously in the matrix you know pick the red most famously pill. in red versus blue by rooster teeth jesus it's a it's a deep cut um <laughs> Dude, can we do a red versus blue episode <laughs> sure um so yeah he goes to the local bar to try to find sean starts asking around about him there's this insane scene by the way the picture it is a very nice shot isn't that like an insane shot to be in a movie (laughs) dude the coffee looks so good it looks so insane it makes me hungry like yeah no seriously um maybe that should be the cover picture of this (laughs) i'm telling you dude there's something about breakfast on an airplane that's the best one what was I saying the other out-of-context thing would be? Do you remember? Oh, shit. Okay, think about it. Just think about it. Um, it was, dude, it was Two Crabs by Vincent Van Gogh. We're going to do an out-of-context because there's too many good ones. Yeah. If you think of any other ones that we've mentioned, let me know. Like, things that could be it. Well, um, we got at least... We'll probably have one for Myerwitz. Anyway. True. All right. The two cars. Two cars. Uh, Yeah. He gets the red one, goes to the local bar, starts asking around about him. There's this drunk guy sitting there um, who he almost gets into a fight with because he won't sing with him, right? Yeah. He, like, literally has been Stor's head against the bar with a broken glass about to oh, yeah, stab he's going him. to kill him. He would die, yeah. And you think, like, you're like, is this a dream? Is he about, I mean, to, is wake he about up? to wake up? Is he about to wake up? I literally right? thought like that. he's going to do a fight because this drunk guy's like, sing this song with me. And Bitzer says, he does. Bitzer literally does sing it. He, he sings it. I was swearing. The guy's, he, yeah. And he's like, that was awful. And then tries to kill him. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell? This has to be a dream. But it's not. And he doesn't wake up. And instead stops the guy moments before death. And when he recognizes his thumb ring as the picture of the guy's thumb of the three pictures sent by Sean Penn. And he's like, 
it's coming together. Cut to them like drinking beer together, like at a table. And this is when it really more so than ever starts to become like, is he dreaming when this shit happens? Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of like his final dream in retrospect, right? I don't think he dreams again in the movie. I also think that might be true. Because, so he's sitting there and the guy's like, clearly like plastered and is like, yeah, we can go to, I was going to, I'm heading to the ship in 10 minutes to fucking uh, drop, (laughs) drop off some radio supplies. Yeah. yeah. He's like, that ring, did Sean Penn take this picture? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, where is he? And he's like, he's out on a boat. And he's like, can we, can we call the boat? And he's like, nah, the radio is broken. That's why I'm bringing them these radio parts right now in five minutes. I'm like a, he's like a mail pilot who delivers mail via helicopter to offshore ships. He's like, you can come with me. (laughs) Yeah. And Vincer's like, I'm not going to (laughs) come. Because the guy's literally like can't even stand up straight drunk. Yeah, and he Don't also drinks another. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's like yeah. the scene where they're like looking at the window, and Benster's like, "You're gonna fly a helicopter in five minutes," and he's like, "Yep," and he's like, "Looks like a storm's coming." He's like, "Yep," it looks like a bad storm. Yep, that's why I've been drinking the beers. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that's when Benster's about- like, "Yeah, I'm not going." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he goes. The guy leaves to go start the helicopter and go on his own. Ben Stiller, you see behind him suddenly appears Kristen Wiig. She's like, "I'm doing the song for one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually." But yeah, also really gonna... well shot. Where he's just like, it's showing his face, and then blurred in the background, you can't even see it. You just see like a woman step up to the karaoke True. mic, and then you hear her voice, and obviously you recognize who it is. Yeah. Um. She's like, this song is for Walter Mitty. He knows why. And then performs Space Oddity. Uh, which, of course, makes him realize that, of course, he has to do this. And she performs it following him as he jumps slow motion into the helicopter as it takes off. And the song escalates. It's awesome. It's just yeah, the song like fades from Chris Wig into the actual original yeah. recording. As he's like, is, slow motion diving yeah. into the taking off helicopter. And, of course, it's like so... like. I mean, maybe it's obvious, but like symbolic, like the way she kind of like it fades into the song and she disappears. He's finally like escaping his this life he's been living with the dreams and yeah. stepping into an actual adventure. You know, it's just it's so like, God, I don't know. I don't know if this is like too cheesy for normal people. Maybe it's just you and me, but like, I don't know. I love it. It's so, it's so yeah. good. It is. And like, dude, the colors when he's in Greenland. True. They're all like it's like everything is like overcast and like darker. It's, but it's just still so, so satisfying. Yeah. No, it looks awesome. I love that aesthetic of like the dark green of the grass and like the black of like the road and like the volcanic rock and the oh, yeah. gray water. It's so good. And when he pulls up to the bar, I just want to point out like a really cool a shot is like he pulls up to the bar, and there's just like this like. <laughs> lot across from the bar that's just like grass lot with like a bunch of boats in it and mm-hmm. like a rack of like drying dead fish and the, the lot is full of stray dogs which are like in and among the boats just like barking yeah and then later when he's at the table with the guy after they got into the bar fight you can see out the window is the lot and you like see the dogs 
with the like fish. I don't know. It's yeah. just sick. It's a good point. Yeah. And I also think there's like a close up, just like establishing shot of just like the drying fish on the rack, like later, just like mm-hmm. a nice little couple seconds. Anyway, I just think it's really cool. I just like no, to see yeah. it in Greenland a lot. Yeah, no, Greenland's awesome in this movie. Um, but yeah, so we get to he's in the helicopter, and they're going. They go to the boat. <laughs> Great scene. <laughs> It's like I you, know, you I feel like you also don't expect it because you just have this really epic scene of him like accept literally accepting the call to adventure and it's like True. he's going to he's going to this is crazy he's going to jump into this boat and you're st- even then you're still like is this a dream and it's like, <laughs> he's like he's going to jump into this boat and the you see the little they bring the little boat out to to the helicopter and he's like yeah. Walter you got to do it you got to jump yeah and he's then, like you don't land on the ship yeah he's like no you yeah. got to jump yeah, and then he jumps the wrong way out of the helicopter <laughs> towards the big ship and not the little ship directly underneath the helicopter, falling immediately yeah. into the icy water. And the guy's like, "Really cool shot, Walter." No, I meant the little ship. Yeah, <laughs> dude, um, there's an insane shot that shows like it's like super far, and you see him like fall yes. into the water and like. You see him like let go of the radio parts, and they like sink yeah. as he's like pulled up to the surface. Yeah, little, by his get a little suitcase. underwater underwater shot of that happening is awesome. It's sick. It's sick. Um, so they're all like, "Man overboard! Man overboard!" And you know they get a megaphone. This scene is hilarious. <laughs> megaphone out to him. They're like, "Stay! You have a minute, at least a minute, until you freeze." <laughs> he's like, "What? Yeah. You're going to be fine." <laughs> Like and the dinghy starts coming towards him. Yeah, the dinghy starts coming towards him. You see a fin in the water. Yeah, and there's he's a like, fin. There's a fin. I see. It. It's like they're like, it's okay. Stay calm. It's just a porpoise. It's just. Do not fear the porpoise. It will protect you from the sharks. And he's like, oh, okay. You just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, come and here, then it, come here. And there's like this mystical yeah, yeah. music. This is like so classic. The mystical music playing. He's like, all right, come here, come here, little guy. <laughs> Immediately, a shark emerges from the water, and he's yelling, "It's like not a porpoise! It it's yeah. not a porpoise!" <laughs> yeah, it so it's just so funny. Um, and he jumps into the boat at the last second before the shark would have killed him. Of course, of course the shark only lunges at him like head on in a very predictable, <laughs> easily combatable maneuver. He doesn't actually try and get him from like under the water or anything. Anyway very fortunate because he gets pulled into the lifeboat taken onto the main deck and dons his most drip outfit of the movie <laughs> although he did lose an aspect of because first of all his normal outfit is pretty drip too true he's got like the because, business also, man aesthetic also the the briefcase death of the briefcase he's, dude is is that actually when he loses it yes he i know it, it shows him, yeah he has it and has a shark bite in and it. it's like fucked up and he the guy's yeah. like Oh, American. Oh, you're American, huh? All Excellent. Day. Yeah. The fans. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And then he's uh, like, I don't know if he asked for the briefcase or Walter just gives it to him, but he's like, No, he's like, Do you want me to take that? I can put it over here for you. And then he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, gives him the briefcase. He figures out his next, he- his next heading, which is that Sean is going to be at a volcano. <laughs> 
uh, at this point, he doesn't know that right. it's an active volcano. Oh, dude, there's an insane... Yeah, he's, like, on the ship. He's wearing the red sweater that the uh, the shipmate gave, gave him, who says it looks good on him and says you can keep it, which very chill of him, and it does look good. It's, like, it's like a Meet the Parents... parents. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. There was another, dude, there was another movie where he wears some, like, insane sweaters, and I forgot to mention it during the episode, and I remember thinking, like, shit, I was gonna talk about his sweaters, but I didn't. I don't know what it was. I know he, I don't know if this is what I was thinking of, but I know he has at least one, most of the, and here's the thing, most of the fashion in Zoolander is intentionally really stupid looking, but I think he has one or two, a lot of it works, drip sweaters. Honestly, I feel like a lot of it just works. Maybe because fashion has evolved now or something, but... Like, I don't know. I feel like most of it works. And the ones that don't work is just like, I don't know, like a little much. It's just like a lot of yellow or a lot of white. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Some of it's goofy as hell. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. derelict. <laughs> I can derelict my own balls. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, um, Greenberg is maybe his most dripless role of all time. True. Intentionally. He wears like a childish like t-shirt it's like one of those yeah. t-shirts that has like the colored collar and like rims around the oh yeah colored collar his hair is like a lot of whack it shows um, him just like absentmindedly like cutting chunks out of his hair later yeah i forgot about that jesus that was like his most and then just like threw the clump of hair like on the floor <laughs> but yeah so the boat docks and they're like you better hurry oh, up man me. yeah go ahead please but also very important to the puzzle the ongoing like mystery aspect of the movie um the norway or the okay i keep thinking it's norwegian crew but it was from denmark i did look it up all right rather from iceland or fucking hell from greenland which is a danish territory i looked up that greenland is a country in the kingdom of denmark Really, it's That's an autonomous country. So, I literally um, did not know that. Me neither. I take back the criticism I posited <laughs> earlier towards that remark. Kingdom of Denmark. I wonder how that works. Anyway, um, regardless of that, my point is obviously Norwegian is completely different from that. But I also feel like I remember them saying the ship was Norwegian, but that could just be misremember, misremembering. Anyway, regardless. The guy who gave him the sweater is like, you must be hungry. Have this piece of this kick-ass cake. And he hands him this piece of cake. And Benster's like, hey, this is Clementine cake. It's the same cake my mom made me for my birthday. And he's like, his, 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 the guy's like, yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Sean Penn gave it to me. And he's like, and he's like, shit, Sean Penn gave it to you? There's writing on it. This must be a clue. So he reads the writing and it's like uh, this Icelandic unpronounceable word for Ben Stiller. He, like, fumbles through it, and the guy, like, helps him with it and tells him the actual name. And he's like, what is that? And he's like, uh... Volcano? volcano. Is that... Yeah. Is that when he tells him that's a, it's a volcano? I think it's a volcano, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then he shows him on a map where to go. He's like, if you go to Iceland, this is where it is. And he's like, can we go to Iceland? And he's like, yeah, we have to, because you broke the radio parts. <laughs> or like, yeah, sorry about depths. that, by the way. And, like, all the crew's looking at him. <laughs> yeah, the Chilean deckhands. Yeah. Um, then they, they dock the boat and they're like, well, you better hurry up because there's only one bike and a lot of horny crew members here. There's one strip club, so they're all going there, but there's only one bike. So, so Ben Stiller. Foot race. 
immediately outpaces all of them. You know, classic like, Ben Stiller running. Yeah. He like passes all of them who had like a 20 second head start. Yeah. Gets Grabs a bike, bike the last second. Yeah. Starts biking. Um, and he, we get a very nice scene of well, like, also Todd. Know, sorry. I just want to say yeah. that Todd calls him before we forget during this part. Okay, word. And he's like, he's like, hey, Walter, what's up? So did you want to finish up what we were talking about the other day? And he's like, sorry, I'm in Greenland. He's like, that's fucking awesome. I'm putting yeah. that in your, been there, done that section. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, I just jumped out of a helicopter and had to fight a shark. And he's like, ah, oh, you're daydreaming again. And he's like, no, no, it really happened. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Adds it to his profile. What anyway, he takes that? the bike. It's got this really nice scenic, like him just biking. It's like, the, I love the aesthetic of just like the fucking overcast skies. The road is always wet, even though it's not even raining. It's just like, everything is like moist. Like the grass is like fucking bright green with like dew on it and shit. And it's just him mm. biking across like scenic Iceland, like by himself in these empty black roads. And it's got dirty paws by monsters and men playing very very atmospheric i, I will say yes. did a very good job it reminds me a lot of i don't know if you've seen or even heard of the big year no i don't think so it's it's a owen wilson jack black steve martin comedy about birding that's... directed by the guy who did the devil wears prada that's absurd yeah, David Frankel. Dude, it's so good. It's one of my top favorite movies. It's panned horribly. Dude, it was like... So this is another watch situation? I think it's better than the watch, and I think people hate mean... it more than the watch. Okay. But yes, I think it's so, so good. But also you have to like birds and birding, which I do. And... I mean, you don't even have to. I don't actually take it back. You don't have to. It's actually just a good comedy regardless. I don't... Yeah. The three of them, with like supporting roles from Angelica Houston, Rashida Jones, uh, what's his name? Oh shit, who played Jeff in Community? Um, Joe McHale. Yes, he's in it as well. It's it's a interesting. It's a fantastic movie. I'm, um, I'll check it out. Oh shit, who else is in it? Owen Wilson's brother Andrew Wilson, I think, has like <laughs> a very small role in it as well. And, um, oh, dude, Tim Blake Nelson also has a tiny role in it. Jim Parsons has a tiny role in it. And there's someone else I'm thinking of. Who? Oh, I can't remember her name now. I'm going to have to look that up later. But regardless, really good movie. Not as, like, cinematography, like, focused as this you know but similar you can tell they're kind of like i see a lot of parallels especially with the way the music is done with like the scenery and like the atmosphere and stuff <laughs> anyway i would highly recommend it that's cool i definitely want to check it out um yeah okay so we should get back to the movie uh we're only 25 minutes in i just looked at when this scene takes place <laughs> fucking hell dude we're like two and a half hours into the episode yeah we're gonna Jesus. have to speed through Meyerowitz in the rest of this movie yeah to be fair Meyerowitz yeah anyway well yeah okay so he crashes the bike starts running gets to this motel 
where these people are packing up and the guy's like it's closed the motel is closed get out of here and Ben Stiller's like I, I don't understand what you're saying where where's Sean Penn where's Sean Penn and then <laughs> oh he has an interaction with a little Icelandic kid yeah yeah he trades just ridiculously trades his longboard for yeah, the stretch Armstrong. Astounding toy. that the kid would do that. Unbelievable, um, really. It's the yeah. most. It's the least believable scene <laughs> in the movie of all the. It's less believable than the shark attack scene. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, he gets the longboard, starts going down towards the mountain. Awesome scene, iconic scene. Oh, dude! Yeah, he like. He's like this like intense music builds as he approaches a cliff edge and you see like how far away the town is he has to go to and it's all downhill and he like it shows this like quick up close silent not silent but like no no like dialogue shots of just like him like picking up rocks from like a stream and shit and like ripping his tie and like what's he doing and he fucking rips his tie in half to wrap them around the stones to make longboard like sliding gloves. I don't know if you've seen these before. But I don't think so. It's like a real thing. In reality, obviously they're sold as like real products so you don't have to make out of stones. Right. But it's like a glove with like a hard surface here that lets you essentially slide on longboards using your weight and like turning. It's cool. Essentially gives you a point to like put your weight on on the road. So yeah, no, can, I mean, like, seeing him do it easier. made a lot of sense. I was like, oh, that's yeah. actually a really like insane idea to have. It is cool also that he was like just, it's like a real thing. Like, as someone who's been in the longboard community since before I watched the movie, seeing him do it was really cool. But also, sure. I remember Did the we... first time I watched it. What? I was going to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I'd love to do a parody if we had done one for this episode of you just at FSU just doing this scene just through FSU. <laughs> that would be funny. I don't know awesome. how to do that slide thing, though. I, I can't slide, yeah. nor do not I have at all. gloves. If you had the do gloves, you can't. Oh, damn. I've never done it before. To I be mean, fair, I, I could not even stand on a skateboard and go straight, so, you know, I'm not going like, Dude, longboarding uh, downhill is intense because you don't realize how small of a hill you need to get absurd speed. Like, mm-hmm. and if you're not stable... You just feel such like shake. It's crazy, but I, I know my brother was really into it, and he was in college at UCF, and um, he had the pair of those gloves, real ones. He also had a pair his roommate made by like super gluing. You know how at Home Depot you can get like samples of like countertop material, <laughs> so you can like yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, look yeah. At what they look like in your kitchen, mm-hmm. like little swatches. He took yeah. like chunks of that from home depot and like wow. glued them on the glove to make his own but i remember when i first watched the movie jonathan was telling me walter mitty's gloves wouldn't actually work very well because within like, a matter of seconds his because his tie goes over the rock within a matter mm-hmm. of seconds of like grinding down the road it would just the tie would yeah the tie would be ripped Fucked. to shreds and the rock would no longer be attached but Damn. it was very badass in the movie and it was incredible. Yeah, that it's playing like this badass Jose Gonzalez song while it's happening. It's so good. It's like one of the most aesthetic scenes in the movie. It's like unironically, as Connor notoriously claimed 
this was the longboard movie. It is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie. Did he say that? Yeah, remember we were on the... Um, on another episode, he said that? What was the episode we did with him where Casey Hopkins... Zoolander. Zoolander. Yes, exactly. On the Zoolander, we were talking... He was like, what's the next episode? And we're like, oh, it's a series of Stiller. And we mentioned Walter Minnie. And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. I would definitely be down to like, watch that longboarding movie. <laughs> and I'm, oh, it was really funny. I called him That's up. Funny. I was like... You mean the movie that has a single longboarding scene in it? <laughs> True. Connor has very selective memory. I don't know. I mean, it is one of the most iconic scenes. It is it also is. cool seeing him do, like, not just the sliding, but also doing, like, other longboarding techniques where you, like, bend over and, like, fold the arms behind your back. It's just, like, clearly somebody making this movie, someone behind the scenes actually knows about longboarding, which is a nice little detail. To see. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah, so he gets to the bottom of the the where the village is, and there's like sirens going off, and he's like, "What's what's going on here?" And the guy from the motel pulls up, and he's like, "Eruption, eruption, like in Greenland." Erection, erection. And he's like, "It's Iceland what? now, by the way." Oh, sorry, Iceland. He's like, "What? What erection? What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Eruption, get in the car." <laughs> yeah. And Ben Stiller like looks behind him, and there's like a plume of black smoke bellowing towards them you'll see sean penn standing on the plane yeah. fly by towards like the volcano strapped to the fucking top of a biplane with yeah. like a mounted camera fly like 20 feet over their head into the smoke of the eruption that literally just like exploded yeah so yeah of course they have to escape so they drive away uh then they get to civilization and the guy's like all right so yeah this is it and the guy, he's like thank you for saving me he's like okay well there's a papa john's right there uh they have wi-fi there or something like that and and so it's like what the fuck goes to the papa john sit, sits down uh calls cheryl and true we get a little more details about this papa john scenario he like outwardly talks about how Oh, you know, life was different. He had a mohawk. You know, he loved his dad. Mm. He loved his family. Did a lot of shit. Was a skateboarder. Then his dad died. And then that very, he's like, that Thursday, I shaved my head and got a job at Papa John's. True. Um, Earlier in the movie, the first scene that you mentioned where he like reveals that his life, he at least had the idea of himself of being more adventurous uh, back before his dad died. Uh, his mom mentions, she's like, oh, you worked at that pizza place that had a very fatherly-themed name. Didn't that make you sad right after your dad died? And he's like, no, Mom, it's Papa John's. I didn't think about that. Probably because I never called Dad Papa. <laughs> True. But now, yeah, now he's at this restaurant, and he sees the cup with Papa John's on it, and he like becomes visibly perturbed and it cuts to him outside where he calls Cheryl and he's like yeah I had to leave the restaurant and she's like did cups. you get kicked out and he's like no it's just yeah the cups <laughs> obviously referencing now that his mom brought it up it did actually make him think he was dead and it made him sad so um it was a good little line yeah um so at that point he flies back home and... right he gets a text from Hernandez saying they're going to fire me if you don't give them 25 tomorrow. 
Yeah, but the text is in a mountain. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. It appears like... <laughs> I'm going to take a screenshot of it, honestly. <laughs> My headphones just dead. Yeah, he receives a text and he's like, oh, gotta go home. Even though I just missed Sean Penn, I literally saw him. But I gotta leave. Yeah. Out 25. Hello? Are you good? Yep. Okay. Um, Did I just get quieter? No, you're good. Sounds fine. Um, so yeah, he flies back home. The whole building's packing up to leave because they're fucking all losing their jobs. And he tells Adam Scott that he doesn't have a picture. And of course gets fired. Um, then he goes to Cheryl's house because he wants to give the longboard to her son. And her ex opens the door and based off him like calling her honey and stuff he just gets like disturbed and it's like oh okay like getting back together this is fucked and leaves the longboard there and just walks away walks home um then he's in the taxi and actually that's not he has another one another dream which is that he's on the conan o'brien show <laughs> so in the, true in the taxi tv he looks at it it's just pretty funny i think um it is it is yeah he's like there's yeah. some you want to tell us about your love life walter and he's like oh it smells like fire <laughs> you see fire or some shit like that he's like so she was back with her ex and she left him for you or something like that and he's like hey listen and it fucking shows who's that is that james corden who's that no, fucking... it's, it's conan's sidekick andy richter Andy Richter, of course, yeah. from Arrested Development. That's, that's literally the only thing I know him from. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's like, like a side. You're awesome, the- man. Yeah. yeah, no, it's awesome. He's like, I just, I just looked at it. He's like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, and so Conan's like, yeah, so with her ex, huh? You, you. He's like, well, well, there's smoke, where there's fire. Hard cut to Andy Richter staring at Walter with a huge grin on his face. Yeah. You're awesome, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's great. It's it's awesome. Um, you just your delivery on that, where you leaned into the microphone and got really loud. It reminded me of Madagascar. Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a funny. That is his another dream. After he's possibly his final dream, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Any, I don't know anymore. What's reality? But I think it's pretty interesting that he starts dreaming again once he's been fired and he's kind of like demoralized again. He's demoralized. He's kind of given up on the adventure because he was unsuccessful, and now he's back to just shit. I guess. Yeah, when well, he goes back home, Cheryl's no longer a romantic prospect. He no longer has this job. He failed at finding Sean ha- Sean O'Connor. And failed Sean because, like, for years True. he, you know, worked with Sean. Sean trusted yeah. him. And lo- he, he told thinks, Adam yeah. Scott. True. 16 he years, and he's never misplaced a single photo. And then he goes back yeah. home to his mom and throws the wallet out. Yeah, yeah, out of spite. He's, like, upset at this. So he goes home, and... um. There's a whole subplot of the piano that they're constantly trying to find a place to put this piano that his dad bought his mom before he died. And they couldn't fit it in the first room at her retirement home, so they got her a bigger room for it. 
and then they had to move it back into his apartment until her new room was ready. And so he gets back to his apartment, right as the piano is finished being delivered. He takes out his wallet, tips the uh, tips the piano movers, and throws in the trash because he's just he's no every everything's over and he's failed this and he doesn't. And then he pulls out the picture again. Dude, so true. So true. And the third picture, we've already determined what the 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 thumb was. Yeah. It turned out what the water was, it's the boat. What's the third one? It's a weird curved looking object. And he's looking at it in his room. He's like, sad, sad boy, sad boy stiller. And he, he's looking at it and he like pulls it down and he's like, wait a second. It's the piano. It's like the edge of the piano. There's a little nick in the wood. And he's like, Mom, was Sean here? Yeah. Was Sean Penn in my house? <laughs> and Sean his mom's Penn's like, like, Yeah, he was here. He was chilling out. I gave him some cake. Boom, it was the cake on the boat. It was it was his mom's cake. And he wanted to take a picture of the piano and he asked about your work schedule. No, no, no she took the picture of the piano. Oh, true. Like, Sean, let me use his camera. I took a picture of the I also think piano. what's important for later, she mentions that he, Sean wanted to know his work schedule and like his every movement, which I think becomes important at the end. Um, True, because clearly he wanted to see Walter. He came to the apartment and she wasn't there. And he ended up having to give the gift to him through the mail. And um, his mom, he, oh, he like, he's like, well, I couldn't find him. So it was all for nothing anyway. He's off to go see warlocks or something like that and she's like warlords and he's like huh and she's like warlords he's going to see warlords in afghanistan yeah <laughs> she doesn't say that yeah no i'm just saying like it's but yeah he's like what and there's like three words on um on the, he still has the piece of paper i think from the cake that had the uh it had the name yeah. of the volcano and then it had warlocks which he was it had a bunch of words that he was trying to figure out, but he couldn't place the meaning. And her saying warlords, it suddenly clicked for him, right? Mm-hmm. So he looks up the words all in a row, and it's like I can't remember what there. It's something like it's uh it's Buskashi warlords. Raj Bukash Bukashi warlords. Right. And, and he then, looks it up. And the Un- result ungoverned. is ungoverned Afghanistan. <laughs> and she yeah. like comes over and she's like, yep, crazy Afghanistan. That's where he said he's going. And, and um, renewed inspiration to, to, to go chase this quest again. And exactly. brings a travel journal with him, which he documents. From his, um, a gift from his dad that he never used. Yes. And uh, it's pretty funny, fun, not just funny, but it's a fun little montage. Um, yeah, he meets, it's like offers cake sorry. to the warlord. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, dude, that's such a good scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a montage of him traveling through like Yemen into like the foothills of the Himalayas, and then up onto the Himalayas with like I hired two little men. <laughs> no, it's, I rented two little men. Yeah. it's like it's it's narrated yeah. not even narrated really. It's just just the words are there explained as the words appear on given... screen. I'm given a mountain blessing. Yeah. He's getting hit with a branch. It's like you see the handwriting of his journal appear in the sky or like the surroundings as it details what's happening. And it shows it very well shot famously. 
of him like in the Himalayas by a river or like climbing past like, the prayer flags and shit like that. And it eventually uh, culminates in a pretty funny little scene where him and the two Sherpas are like silently like trying to exchange in, like advice <laughs> or like directions and they're like they're like pointing at themselves <laughs> and then like where they're gonna go and then at him and where he's gonna go and it just goes on back and forth until eventually they part ways and he continues and um climbs to the top oh yeah in the as you did briefly mention one of the funny scenes in that montage is he like offers cake to the like afghani warlords who are like on horse and he like skewers the cake with like the fucking bayonet on the end of his rifle and like tastes it and he's like Ooh. yeah it's like the obama <laughs> meme like not bad yeah. and like tells him to go on anyway he parts away with ways with the sherpa and as he's walking on like a fucking like super steep like a ridgeback he gets a call from todd from eHarmony, and todd's like hey your profile blew up ever since that shark shit and he's like, where are you now? And he's like, Himalayas. And Todd's like, wow, you just, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and Todd's, er, Todd's like, you know what? You're, you're, you're like, you're like killer, but, you know, Cheryl took her profile down. And Walter's like, yeah, she's back with her ex, Mordecai. He's like, listen, Todd, I got to make some oxygen decisions. So I'm going to go, <laughs> just take my profile yeah. down. His and delivery like, of it is so good. He's like, yeah, Todd, I'm supposed to be making oxygen decisions. So, yeah. <laughs> the way he no, says it. So, yeah. It's hilarious. And then and before like, he suddenly... even hangs up. Yeah. Go on yeah. and take it away. I say, before he even hangs up, you hear, hey, man, do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pans and... over to show Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, Sean Penn and... high. Under with with like a fucking blanket over him. Yeah, he's like camouflaged as a rock. Like <laughs> taking, taking photos. I think it's also hilarious that Sean Penn just like at his character wasn't like at all surprised to see this other guy just casually hiking, talking on the phone yeah. at the top of the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't give really a shit until he finds he's out it's Walter. Yeah. Yeah. And then Walter's like, Sean, it's, it's, it's me. No, no, Sean, stop, stop. It's me. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, Fucking what happens? Well, yeah. So they meet up. They sit, sit there, and he's like, "Why? Why would you do this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Where's where's no no sorry." He's like, "Sean, where is the picture? Number twenty five. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you like that one, didn't you? You like the quintessence of life?" And he's yeah. like, "Where is it, Sean? It wasn't in what you sent me." He's like, like "It's in the wallet. On it. You're sitting on it. It's in the wallet." Yeah. He's like. You left it in the wallet. Yeah, I thought it'd be cute. <laughs> yeah, thought it'd be cute. too cute. It's too cute. He's like, that's not a good move, Sean. Yeah. And then they're just sitting there, and then Sean, you know, explains that he's photographing a rare, like, snow leopard. No, the ghost cat. leopard, ghost cat. Wait, it is the snow leopard. They just call it the ghost. Yeah, cat, ghost it cat. Like well, it's, it's like, and there's a little like uh, significance there because he's like. I mean, I guess it depends how you interpret it, but it's like kind of like Walter Mitty's sort of like a ghost cat. You know what I mean? Like, because he's like the ghost. He has a quote where he's like, "The ghost cat, beautiful things don't deserve attention." What is it? Oh, it's beautiful things don't like seek attention or like don't want to be seen. Yeah, that's it. 
beautiful things don't ask for attention. Well, he says directly that number 25 is the ghost cat, right? Because True. Um, he's like, first of all, Sean Penn's like, well, where is the wallet if you don't have it? And he's <laughs> like, I chucked it. I threw it away. I don't have it. And Sean Penn's like, well, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> it's like a good little scene. And yeah, yeah, they, yeah. See, they see the snow leopard in the camera, and Sean Penn has this... To me, I liked it, and I think he's a cool character, but it did seem kind of like trying a little too hard for him to seem like super like philosophical and like he's the ultimate like he's just so based. Okay, I get it. They kind of they kind of got it. He kind of is. I'll give him that. But he yeah. was like, I mean, it's a good mix. It is. It is. Like the, the part where, like, just, like you said, where he's like, I thought it would be cute. Like I think it also like I thought that was to, like, hilarious. This guy's like. Like, it's funny, but it's also like, this guy's obviously, like, a little fucked up in the head. Like, <laughs> you know, like... I don't know. He's just a... He's zany. He's a character, you know? He's a zany character. That's the whole thing. He sends telegrams. He yeah. only shoots on film. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. And he's like, all right, let's go play soccer. No, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. He sees the snow leopard. And ben, he shows Ben Stiller, and it's this actual, looks like real footage of a snow leopard. I don't know if it's special effects or not. That'd be cool if it was. Yeah, I, I always thought, personally, if I was going to make a movie, I want to include footage of, like, real animal footage of, like, really rare animals. I think that'd be insane. Because it's, like, first of all, it gives me an excuse to just go out and, like, essentially film, like, a fucking, like, BBC Earth-tier shit. But, like, no, 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 I'm using it for the movie, guys. It's for the movie. But I'm actually just in the jungle, just like looking at animals for fun. Anyway, he's like taking the picture of the snow leopard and he never takes it. And Benster's like, are you going to take the picture? And he's like, sometimes if I really like the moment, I mean, me personally, really just live in the moment. I don't, I don't want to be distracted by the camera. So he doesn't take the picture. That's his whole self-righteous moment. And then yeah. Benster's like, uh, okay, um, cool. And then there's like shouting in the background and Sean Penn looks over and it's like this group of like Himalayan like people like, playing soccer on this ridge, on this like plateau. And he's like, that looks like fun. I think I'm going to go join him. And he stands up and he starts walking away and Benster's like, yo, what was the picture? And he's like, why don't we just call it a ghost cat, Walter Mitty? And then he walks away. And then he turns around again. He's like, we're going to be odd man if you don't join. Cuts to one of the coolest scenes in the movie, in my opinion. <laughs> Them playing like soccer. A, in the golden hour, too. Like, the Dude, sun is setting. You, it, like, the it makes you want to be sun in the sky. Dude, it, imagine it literally being, does. Imagine That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> no, you don't think... Dude, I've literally been thinking about that since I, the first time I saw the movie. I was like, this makes me want to play soccer in the Himalayas so bad. It looks so yeah. sick. The fucking like orange song in the background. The song Don't Let It Pass by Junip is playing. Also, Junip's lead singer is Jose Gonzalez, who does a lot of the soundtrack. I don't think this is original song for the soundtrack. Some of his some of the music he's made is original for the movie. I don't think this one is. But it's so good. And it works so well with the scene. As like the it, the the scene slowly gets darker as they turn into silhouettes as like they play soccer and it just like Do you remember what the next what it cuts to? Can I tell you? Please do. Three letters. TSA. Oh, dude. <laughs> the most magical realism scene in the movie. 
dude, it's so absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> it cuts up from this beautiful scene of them playing soccer as the sun is setting fade to black to an x-ray of clearly Ben Stiller walking True. into frame. All right. He walks into frame, puts his hands up in the letters. It's like TSA security check. Yeah, it's like the x-ray. Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's getting patted down. They find, during the montage, she was given a flute. They find this flute in his, like, back pocket, and they're like, again, this is all silent. This is literally all, like, silent comedy. Um, <laughs> it's like, like kind of like Brandish, you're like, what's this? He grabs it and starts playing the flute. <laughs> yeah, to, like, demonstrate what it is. He's, like, literally like, yeah. dancing like the Pied Piper. Yeah, well, this is all insane because it has to be CGI. Like, this, there's no way that's an actual, like, they filmed X-ray. it in. Yeah, like it's animation, clearly, to me at least. You think? I thought it was like I don't know, motion like I'm capped just, and then they just like put over Maybe. I'm like filter. scrubbing through it and it looks like inhuman the way he's bouncing around. I don't know. Maybe it just <laughs> His dancing is hilarious. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And then of course this is like this is like the most like peak Ben Stiller getting fucked moment in the movie. Definitely, definitely. He, <laughs> he gets He looks yeah, so good. chad though in the next scene. I'm sorry, no no. You're you're doing a great job of the I was going to say, like, he, he gra- tries to grab the flute from the lady, gets knocked backwards into a different TSA agent, starts True. to get, like, arrested, like, kicks he, the like, other kicks one. kicks one of them, yeah. Yeah, kicks the other one, she backs off, and he's, like, on the ground, trying to get free, and then gets, like, pepper sprayed, and is, like, just, like, crumpling on the ground, and then it cuts yeah. to black again. It's, like, so funny. No, it's um, insane. Cut to him. Like you said, looking incredibly Chad now. He's, he's like got tanned. A beard. He's, he's got tanned. a beard going on. He's like somehow like more toned than he was. Well, I guess yeah, he got conditioned to climb a mountain. So yeah, he's mountain a conditioning. More... He was yeah. also dripping during the soccer game. I normally don't think this outfit is drip. There's two instances where it is. It's yeah. that classic stoner hoodie. Yeah. That I think Con- usually Connor? looks like they're. Connor used to wear that shit every day, bro. I was going to say, there's two instances where I think it get, got pulled off, which is this movie and Jackson laying out in Connor Park. It's like the stoner Dude, hoodie. I forgot that they wore the same shit. It's like the same thing, same color, too. I don't know if it was the same colors. It, I you feel know, like I'm it was always red in my head, but yeah. Um, Jackson's was red and gray, I think. I feel like Connor's is blue. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, so you know, it's the one with like the square repeating infinite square pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He pulls it off hardcore in the soccer scene. Anyway, he's also I don't know if he's still wearing that, but he's dripping in this scene too, where he looks like a Chad. I just remember that. Yeah, he's he's wearing like a like a V neck with like the necklace and he's yes, got the exactly. shit, the the wrist stuff. And they're like, <laughs> All right, sir, well you were trying to sneak in for whatever. And they're like, Do you know anyone in LAX in Los Angeles that can that can vouch for you at all. Anyone who knows who you are that can prove your your Walter Mitty. He's like no. And then he thinks for a second. Cut to who do we know in LA. Who do we know in LA? I guess we didn't mention it before, but there's well, a, during one during one of the phone calls with Todd. <laughs> Todd Todd's like, I just woke up. It's it's six over here, and he's like, where are you? Los Angeles, and then like keeps going, but yeah. So it's tiny detail you picked up on that. Yeah. So Todd is there when he walks out. He's like Walter Mitty. Let's get a Cinnabon. (laughs) Yeah. This is one Uh, of the more 
it's it's just like I don't know how it's to like, put it. Chill, it's one like, of those like really satisfying scenes where yes. everything has like come together perfectly. You yeah, know what I, I, mean? I completely agree. It's like yes. even though he didn't get the picture, it seems like he's still just like it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I mean, like, thematically, he's, he's found himself at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, he's with Todd, and they're just chilling at a yeah. Cinnabon. And Todd's funny as hell. Pat Oswalt is great. Yeah. It's just, it's just. And oh, okay, let me also just say this: Ben Stiller plays his character so well. The way he observes other people talking to him, it like fits the like kind of like not like yeah, absent-minded, but like kind of like distracted, but also anxious. I, yeah, I maybe not. That. Maybe not. Maybe not at this point, but I mean, during other parts of the movie, you know what I mean. Like, I, right? It's uh, just like something similar in this scene where he's talking to Todd is the first scene where he's talking to Cheryl outside the Fallon where they first really become acquainted. Where she's talking, and he's kind of just like looking at her, just like, like hearing what she's saying, but not actually like. It's it's like he's taking a longer time to process it. And it goes yeah. with the whole, like, dreamer aesthetic, you know what I mean? Totally. No, dude. And so there's just an incredible actor. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, anyway. So, yeah, they talk. Um, and I think he mentions, like, so Cheryl's taken, and you know what I mean? They just bring that up again. Mm. Uh, he goes back home. His mom fished the wallet out of the trash which means he has the picture. He doesn't look at it, but he goes back into the life offices and gives it to Adam Scott. He's like, here's your contestants. Yeah, tells him off. Or he's like, I don't know, maybe you can sum up the speech a little better. Uh, (laughs) He's like, listen, this whole thing you do, where you come in here and and take over a business and tell these people to go home, you have to, these people worked hard to be here and they really care about the message. Do you even know life's motto? And he's like, uh, life, I'm loving it. And he's like, that's, no, that's, that's McDonald's. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, I know you're just following orders. You're doing your thing. You got to come in here. You got to make the boss man happy, but you don't have to be such a dick. It's a good, it's good delivery. Yeah. Pretty, pretty like, satisfying, you know? It is a satisfying scene because Adam Scott's like in awe and Ben Stiller's not like, over the top about it. He's very just True. like straightforward. Very, yeah. And then he leaves. And it's him is that when it cuts to him with Cheryl? No, it cuts to him setting up no first he's in the elevator with his stuff with the other guy. True. You were a good boss. Like, you were a good boss. Um then it cuts to him doing his resume and it starts like Life magazine, negative <laughs> asset manager, sixteen years, reference Sean O'Connell upon address address upon request. Yeah, and then it goes quickly into like one of three known non Navy SEALs to helicopter free release into gale force waters. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm reading this in single day bike ran and longboarded over 17 kilometers to Ijevajeva volcanic eruption, scaled highest peak of Noshak Mountain on Icelandic fishing trawler earned keep as Botswain. Yeah. Unpaid yeah, so he's laborer, like, right? Yeah, Something so he's like, like in a coffee shop, like typing all of this out. His resume, dude. Let me just say that resume seems like it would be so useless for like 
I feel like if it was a real resume, he was actually trying to get a job for in his profession. He probably only used that first thing as an actual like. Well, the first thing is kind of. I mean, sixteen years at Life no, magazine. That's what I'm saying. He like, would use yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like telling. If I put on my resume, I was one of three non-Navy SEALs to jump out of a helicopter. Yeah, it's like Into they're not going to take that Force seriously. Like awesome. even if even if that happened, they don't care. Dep- I mean, there's a few jobs I guess where they would, but also I just feel like they wouldn't take that seriously. I just thought that was funny to put that on his resume. It's, it's obviously so, a bit. After that, he checks his email and he gets an email from Cheryl's son, who says thank you for the board, and it's like my mom made a clip for me, and it's a video of him with a skateboard, and end of the video, Cheryl's like, "Hi, Walter," and. Walter, uh, it's like, I don't know, makes like a face, goes back to the life office to get his final check. And when he's there, sees that Cheryl's walking out at the same time. And he goes to catch up with her. Big reveal, she's not getting back with her ex. The door is open, Walter. And now Walter's a Chad. True. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're not getting back with your ex? Well, now I'm too good for you. Not actually. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, that would, that would suck. <laughs> That'd be so uh, stupid. Uh, but yeah, so they talk, and it's fun, flirtatious uh, conversation. Then they walk by a newspaper stand. They're like, "Oh, Cheryl's like, oh, life's life's final cover. They they probably printed it today. Should we check it out?" And Walter, they walk up to it. Lo and behold, what's there? It's got a nice zoom in, and it says, it's like the Life magazine, this, the final issue dedicated to the people behind the magazine, the people who made it, and it like pans over to a zoomed out picture. The cover of the magazine is a zoomed out picture of Walter Mitty himself sitting on the steps of the fountain looking at papers. It's a, it's a big reveal. He is... The, the ghost cat. He is the he is the ghost cat, and he is the quintessence of life. And yeah, no, it's it's a insane reveal. And she's like, "Oh my god, Walter, I'm only gonna have sex with you." What about when they're? What you think of the joke when they're walking away? Yeah, that's good. She's like, "Should we go back and buy one of those?" And he's like, "Yeah, I was. I just didn't want to look uncool in front of you." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I was probably gonna go back later." <laughs> and then they walk away. And they start holding hands, and it mm. cuts to the credits. I don't know what song it is, but it's a really somber song. Is it another Jose Gonzalez? I don't know what it is. I cannot tell you. Actually, I don't have it, so I can't pull it up right now. Not that I don't like it. I think it fits. I'm just like, wow. Like I don't know. Like, Cue Life in Technicolor by Coldplay from the ending scene of Night Museum 2, where he walks her hand-in-hand with Amy Adams. Cue ending of Night of the Museum 1, where he snaps and turns off his flashlight as uh, <laughs> the night is playing. One of the greatest endings in cinematic history in my book. No, 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 no. The first one is... Um, oh, true, you're right. September. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, true. The second one. And he's sitting here and he's looking... Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I still... I have a bone to pick with Sean Levy about not using an Earth, Wind, and Fire song for the third night. It's so stupid. Seems, 
unnecessary. So it's like, stupid. <laughs> it's literally so stupid. Why would you not use Boogie Wonderland? Dude. I, I don't know. Wait, didn't did they use Boogie Wonderland in the second? I thought I thought second one or was. Or did they use Groove. Let's Groove? Let's Groove. Yeah. I, I know they didn't use one of the two and they should have used How do you how two. do you not use the third trifecta of the greatest the Earth trifecta. Yeah. Yeah, God damn. No. Alright, so we've hit the three hour mark and we just finished the second <laughs> How? Literally, how did we spend this much time on Greenberg and I mean I'll admit Walter Mitty, it's like Walter a passion Mitty. project of mine. It's Oh yeah. I want to conclude by saying, at least in for my part, I just I don't know, like just talking about this movie for this long, I really enjoyed it and I was just like smiling the whole time, thinking about not only how funny it was, how endearing it was. You know, it's got a cool message. You know, it's nothing like profound per se for some people, I think, but I don't know. I just like it a lot. And I don't know. I genuinely want to add this to like my DVD collection, you know, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I love this movie. I gotta say it was, yeah, it was great. It's just got such a, yeah, it's such a pleasant it's like, atmosphere. It's pleasant. It. It's got everything. It's, it's got just the so happy. It's got the comedy. It's got the aesthetics. It's got the drama. It's got the. The message, you know what I mean? It's like you name you name it, it has it. It ends with him getting fired. Not ends, but he gets fired. And it's still like True. a feel good movie. You know yeah, what I mean? No, and yeah, normally I feel like I and I feel like you probably don't normally bite for the typical like feel good movie. But like this I don't know. This was it, you know? Like It really is just Yeah all around dare i say masterpiece is this so far his best i don't know if i'd say it's the his best directed movie i don't know again also i'm still kind of fuzzy in terms of what the different roles in movie creation actually accomplish um i'm not sure it, it also depends on just per person you know fair enough um i like feel like the responsibilities in creative control that a lot of different roles have, I feel like blend together in my mind. I don't know who does what, like I'm not really sure what a producer does at all. I'm yeah. not really sure. Like where's cinematography and like director of photography and director, like where do they converge? You know, where does it start? When does it end? Well, I mean, it really depends, I think, but I mean, for something like this, where he's also starring in it, there's going to be an assistant director, you know, um, who's probably doing a lot of the the shots when he's when he's there. But then again, he's probably still planning the shots. But of course, he's not the only one planning the shots because it's a cinematographer. And then the director of photography, I guess, just kind of backs that up. Um, I think I think it's more like they divide. I think the the hierarchy of it makes it more confusing than it actually is when it's more of a collaborative thing. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. But, like, as far as producers, you know, that also depends. Like, for example, with the Severance series, like, Ben Stiller's production company are the ones that got the script for Severance and decided they want to make it, and he produced it, you know, which which means that he might have had some play to do with the scripts. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's very... Who they're really you say? Ben Stiller, specifically, in Severance. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, it really depends i don't know right 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 there's this guy um i can't remember his name 
it's like something that sounds like I don't want to offend anyone by guessing a nationality, so I'm not going to. But he works as like a music advisor or something. He does something about the music, and I've noticed his name accidentally in like several Summer of Stiller movies, and I've just started to pick up this pattern. And then I heard Owen Wilson, I was watching some interview with him, like name drop mm-hmm. this guy as like, I think he worked on the, the music in like Starsky and Hutch or something. And I'm like, damn, this guy, like, and I think he had something to do with the music in um, Greenberg and Walter Mitty. I'm pretty sure. I just wish I could find his name. He wasn't like the like creator of the music or like, oh, dude, I need to just, oh, I need to find it. Oh, we'll, I'll try and send it to you later. Okay. Instead of curiosity, but it is interesting yeah. that this guy has like been stored music loyalty. I know that's awesome. We should definitely look into that. Um, okay, should we launch into Meyerowitz stories? ASAP? <laughs> How you want to try and get it done in like fifteen minutes? I mean, we could try. I feel like a lot What's of the going- plot is. I mean, we could we could sum up a lot of it because it is a little more meandering, not in a bad way, but no, no, definitely not in a bad way. Oh fuck! I'm gonna rate this shit, bro. Oh, true. Do you want to just wait till we do this one then, since we've already skipped sure. two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So, Dude, speed to the script. Literally, I'm gonna get some water. Be okay. done with this. Be done with the story by the time I get back. <laughs> Tell the story, telling me. I thought we were gonna split it up. Okay. Um. Adam Sandler. Okay, Adam Sandler. All right. Adam Sandler is separating from his wife. His daughter is going to college. Okay, in New York. So he takes his daughter to go to college. We open, they're in New York trying to find parking. Cool. Turns out first, they're going to go to Danny's father's house. You know, the uh, the main head of the Meyerowitz family uh, named Harold. Okay. We're also revealed that Danny has a younger brother played by Ben Stiller named Matthew uh, Meyerowitz and a sister named Jean Meyerowitz. Now, Danny and Jean are direct brother and sisters, but Matthew, he is the half-brother. He is the result of Harold remarrying like 10 years after Danny's born and having the kid. So there's some there's some some stuff in the past that's not really revealed right away. Okay. Now, some of Harold's work uh, has been selected as part of a faculty group show at the Bard School, but he refuses to be part of a group show. So Danny and Harold attend the uh, MoMA retrospective of an old friend and contemporary of Harold's, uh, LJ Shapiro. Now, uh, this is kind of a reveal into uh, Harold feeling like the art world has kind of forgotten him and that he's been underappreciated his whole life in his eyes. But he's also a dick to his children almost all the time. Uh, you know, he's a, I'm, at, I'm at the part where they go to the... Uh, the the thing justin um where they're in tuxes oh okay so justin's having some technical difficulties so he's gonna figure that out i'll keep going in the meantime so harold feels the world's forgotten him um danny uh meets uh shapiro's daughter his childhood friend loretta um but is forced to leave because harold's pissed because he's upset that uh is doing better than him now harold's other son matthew He's much more successful than Danny. Danny has no job and is a stay-at-home husband for most of his life. Now, 
Matthew played by Ben Stiller is a financial advisor from Los Angeles, specifically to like rock stars and shit. Um, so he comes back to New York to visit Adam Carol. Driver. Yeah, true. It seems Adam Driver. It's pretty funny. Um, never thought I'd see Ben Stiller and Adam Driver together. Uh, so he goes to have lunch with Harold. Um, tries to convince him to sell his house and the work in the house. Um, uh, I mean, there's so many little things that happen. I don't know what I should be mentioning, you know? Right. Because it seems like a movie where the plot is so heavily made up of the there's, little stuff. There's so much in it. You just have to watch it, really. It really is so token Noah Baumbach. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, it's all about just, like, average things happening. All right, maybe we should just talk big picture, which is, like... So, Matthew starts, like, after this day they have together, like, kind of unloads on him and is like, well, you were... You know, I had to live up to your expectations and all this sort of thing. Like, it traumatized me, and I beat you because I became a better uh, worker. Or, sorry, like a more successful career. And uh, uh, cut to Harold in the hospital. Um, it's had some some brain issues. Um, do you want to pick up? Maybe you can do this better than me. I'm, I'm like, floundering here. <laughs> This is the one I watched the least recently. Oh, shit. Okay, so... He's in the hospital. Oh, do, okay, did you mention um, he had, like, the art show organized yeah. by the university he used to teach at? Oh, the one that's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't mentioned that yet. Okay, so there's the, the university he used to be a professor at. I talked about organized. how they went there for the, for the other guy's thing. That was not at the university, though. Oh, that was not the university? Shit. No. Okay. That was at some museum that if I was from New York, I would probably know the name of. It was some, like, name drop. Something. MoMA? I don't know if it was the MoMA. I know they do talk about the MoMA in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. Might have been. Anyway. Um, so, the, 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 the university he used to work at organizes, like, a, like, an ex-staff, or just maybe just staff in general. A show so that other professors and other people who work at the university who have made works of art are also going <clears> to <throat> also going to be there so it's not just for him but he does need the exposure and he was going to do it anyway so shortly before this uh event was going to take place they that's when the brain issues happen and dustin hoffman's characters in the hospital and they realize the show is going to happen without him. So they have to go themselves. And Matthew, Ben Stiller's character, is going to be giving a speech there. You know, as I'm sure. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he's the he's a poster child. He's giving a speech in, in Lee of his father. And before this happens... They kind of uh, there's like a scene where Danny and Matthew have like this conversation where it kind of like erupts into them fighting and <laughs> wrestling on the ground because they're like talking about how they both have their own perspective of how shitty their childhood slash their relationship with their father is for different reasons and like complete opposite reasons. They fight. They go into this speech and 
it gets like really emotional and Ben Stiller crying and also felt, I feel like I haven't seen Ben Stiller cry. True. Not trying to be funny. I've seen him like. Only you know, uh, like, something about Mary is the only one I can think of where at the end he's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I feel like I could picture him doing that probably happened in other movies, but I've never seen him do like a serious cry. He did a good job. He did it really well. I was like, damn. It looked like he was actually crying. Yeah. And um, Danny takes over. He gives a speech. And then his sister shows up. I think she also gives a speech as well, right? I think Jean. No? No, no she doesn't. Damn, okay. That's my bad. That's my bad. You're good. But yeah, he gives a speech. <sighs> Cut to later on. Uh, Harold's out of the hospital. He's back at home. And Matthew comes to visit him. It's revealed that the main piece at the art show, and this only piece that they still have because they ended up selling it, uh, all the other work, is called was called Matthew. Turns out, it was actually supposed to be called. It was it was based on Danny. It wasn't right. Matthew who helped his dad with it. It was Danny because Matthew wasn't even born yet. They realize, and Matthew's like, "You should have named it Danny." He's like, "Yeah, maybe I should have." I'm going to sleep. Yeah. Um. Dude, and then, Dustin Hoffman played such a fucker in that movie. Holy shit. Dude, it yeah. was like rage-inducing. Yeah, no, he did an insane job. Um, cut to Danny caring for his dad again. Uh, he's back at the house. And also, him and Matthew are like all patched up at this point. The last thing they said, Matthew was like, you should come out to LA. You know, come like, you know, hang out, see, see my son. Come to the coast, like, have a couple laughs. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, maybe I got to take care of dad. Goes to see his dad and his dad's like, all right, I need you. I need you to be here because fucking my wife is, I don't remember her name, is going, Maureen, or is going to Cuba. Or, yeah, Emma Thompson is going to Cuba or something. So you got to be here to help me because I need help, even though I have a nurse here. And he's like, well, I was going to go to LA. And he's like, no, I need you here. I'm asking you, please. And he's like, okay. And he's like, Hey, there's some cookies in the living room. Goes to get the cookies, comes back and throws them onto the ground and is like, fuck you, I'm going to LA, Dustin Hoffman. And goes to LA, Dustin Hoffman. And and, uh, there's a little moment where he, there's this earlier thread in the movie where he meets his like childhood friend who is divorced and they kind of have like a little interaction at the end of the movie before he goes to LA. Uh, True. And he tries the, to slide. Tries to slide. And I think it worked. Um, I do too. And then the final scene of the movie is his daughter discovering one of Harold's like last existing works in a museum archive or some shit. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we really that might have been the, at the MoMA. That true might have been. Look, we really sped through the thro- the plot there because we had to, but also I think you just really have to watch it. There's so many. It really is like a tapestry, you know? And you have no, to yeah. It's see all the pieces. selected stories. You know selected I mean? stories. New it wouldn't be the same if we went through and we're like scrubbing the movie and they're like, oh yeah, there's a scene where he loses his yeah, coat. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the dog. Oh. Although oh, we do that for all other movies, but it wouldn't yeah, work for well, this one. <laughs> we're three hours into this one, so that's yeah, the yeah. best you're going to get. But um, we should it, really just a, call this the Walter Mitty episode. True, Jesus. We have to, yeah. Speaking um, of which, Tenzin said he wants uh, 
we we talked about it briefly, and we thought it would be interesting if we did a follow-up Walter Mitty episode. Dude, I'm fine with he, that. He wants to be a part of it. And I said, first of all, I could literally always talk about Walter Yeah, Mitty. literally. And second, I think it would also be funny in sort of the meta sense that we've already addressed how much we've talked about it in this episode to then go on and make its own episode <laughs> yeah. for it. That would be an awesome Sabbath still. I think we talked about that for another movie where like we should do a second episode on it. Do you remember what it was? Dude. And I'm not talking about Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come up with a joke to watch that for a third time. <laughs> Jesus. Like. No, we need Zack Schneider to come up with a joke to make a sure. third version of it. Sure. He probably will. Um, sure. Well, we haven't watched the theatrical cut. <laughs> That's actually true. That's actually so true. Just How like, long is it? Much shorter. Oh. Uh, Snyder. No, not Snyder. It can't Justice. be four hours, dude. Justice League 2017 runtime is two hours. That's half the time. Damn. Yeah, half the time. Look, okay, I'm not going to lie. We watched Gray, uh, Justice is Gray because... It was our duty to because we, we, we missed it. Promise. It was a piece of con- it was a but it was a piece of content we didn't watch, right? True. Relating to that topic, are we are we failing here too? I guess, and how we can make it. I feel like every time we make it more ridiculous. That's what I think. True. So what if we this time we watch the two hour Justice League and all of the precursor uh, DC Universe movies? Okay. True, because you haven't seen those. I've seen Man of so, Steel, but I haven't seen any of the other ones. Right, so just Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. Oh, Wonder Woman, does not Does that count? If it takes place before it, then yeah. No, 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 it's after. It's after. It's after? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's after. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, should I check or should I not check? <laughs> we'll check later. We'll check later. Okay, all right, all right. Not not on Meyerowitz's dime. True. Not on Meyerowitz's deathbed, as he fucking... Um, Dude, but yeah. fucking Dustin Hoffman, bro. I guess we should just sum up our thoughts, which is, did you think this was a good movie? This will segue I into did. ratings. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. I think, Dan, um, yeah, Adam was Sandler's performance... Movie. Dude, it was very emotional. And Adam Sandler's performance was S-tier. That shit was yeah. so good, bro. I knew from the first scene, I was like, okay... And also, I've already seen, I've seen Funny People, and I've seen Uncut Gems. I haven't seen Punch Drunk Love yet, but those are, like, the classic examples of, like, Adam Sandler in, like, not a classic, like, Happy Madison role. You know what I mean? I think this is his second best performance for me. You think Uncut Gems is his first? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is just... I need to rewatch it. Last time I saw it was in, what, 2020 when it came out? I think it came out late 2019. Okay, I knew it was. I was. It was December. in New Zealand. It was like the same time as Joker. I remember that was yeah, like everyone was November. talking about it. November, December. And yeah, I haven't seen it since then, but I remember really liking it, and I do really want to rewatch it. But his performance in this movie was insane, yeah, bro. Yeah, it blew me away, dude. Again, something else you wouldn't expect if you told someone, "Hey, we're gonna watch an Adam Sandler uh, Ben Stiller movie," like yeah. <laughs> First of all, the fact that a normal one of those doesn't exist is crazy. It um, is. Dude, I was like, dude, they... The chemistry. Actorally work very well together. And it yeah. it just... The family was perfectly cast. It just is like the perfect... As I was saying earlier, 
It's the Jewish family, bro. I'm telling you. There's something about it. The New York Jewish family, bro. Also, reverse opposite parallel of Greenberg, another Noah Baumbach, I might add. Ben Stiller, raised in LA, moved to New York. What's this one? He's a New York Jew who moved to LA. Also, Marriage Story has them debating about, do we move to LA or, or New York? Dude, what is Noah Baumbach's obsession with the LA to New York move? I mean, think about it. All of Ben Stiller's stuff is like either in LA or New York. Yeah, true. But I think I mean, it's the classic New York Jew in Hollywood. You know right, what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's Good just, point. I feel like it's like David Schwimmer. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Yeah. The guy from that one show I can't remember. Uh, San Diego. Dude. Yeah. I'm so no, okay. excited. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, it's the same. It's the exact opposite. He was born in LA, moved to New York, and then came back to LA for the movie. Ben Stiller, born in New York, moved to LA, came back to New York for the movie. There's something here, though. There is something here, and I'm going to ask Noah about it if I ever see him. <laughs> On uh, one of the future film addicts when we do an interview with him, you know? Exactly. It's going to be like Hot Ones. For his newest movie called... What's it, what's it going to be called? It's going to be like... Barbie. Is he... What? <laughs> is that what do you real? mean, what? Yeah, he's making Barbie with Greta... I, I, um, only knew, I didn't know he was part of that. Okay. Yeah, it's... Him and her, they're like co-making... Barbie's... Together. Barbie's going to move to fucking L.A. from New York. Or well, something. of course it's going to take place in L.A. There's no question in my mind. But something. Ken's going to be from New York. Or yeah, no. Like, Ryan Gosling's like... going to be literally from New York. Yeah. Dude, I don't know um, what to expect in this movie because I don't know anything about the plot. All I know is I know some of the cast. I know some of the creative team behind it. And it seems absurd. Yeah. No, it's going to be really interesting, I think. No, Bamba did Madagascar 3, didn't he? He wrote Madagascar 3. That's so funny to me. His dialogue is so, like... It's... 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 It's, it's iconic. It's, like, very... What's the word? It's distinctive. Yeah, you know what I mean? Word. It's it's yeah. very distinctive. That's why you can, like, tell. Like, it, how is that going to play in Madagascar 3? I wonder if it's going to actually be noticeable. Or if will, it's just going to feel I like mean, another I Madagascar movie. I saw Madagascar 3 when I was very young, so I couldn't tell you. In fact, that's the only Ben Stiller movie I've seen in theaters. But okay, um, now that I think about it, but uh, most wanted. I still haven't seen it. I'm. It's it's like the Shrek. No, I guess it's like the Shrek Four because that's the only. It is because okay, like I said, I remember not liking it. I'm gonna go in with an open mind, but I mean, come on, Afro Circus, Afro Circus, come on, kidding me. (laughs) Uh, did Noah Baumbach write that? Did he? Do you think he's like da 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 circus? Okay. The thing is, we're making we're we're trying to we're aiming to parallel the Shrek episode with the Madagascar episode, and arguably there's more content here because there's like three TV shows, like full length shows, or at least I don't know. I know the King Julian one has like a. It's like it's like on Netflix portrayed as a separate show, but I think it's the same show, just like a a sub season or something. I think shit. I think the original show premiered on Nick for one or two seasons, and then they picked it up on Netflix. Okay. Is my guess because um, there's like the King, All Hail King Julian, and there's All Hail King Julian 
Exiled or something like that. Yeah, the Exiled one's a Netflix one, I think. Okay, so there's that. Full, like, seasons of show. And then there's also the Penguins of Madagascar show. And I've seen none of either. And I've not seen the Pen- Penguins movie Dude, either. the movie is actually good. <laughs> is say. it actually? Yeah, yeah, it's I good. thought it looked terrible when I saw it in Dude, theaters. I will say, I, as, I can only vouch for the jokes. I remember there being some pretty funny jokes. That's all I'm or, I don't know about the plot. I don't know about... Okay, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I John like Malkovich it. plays the villain. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, burn after reading tier. Dude, burn after reading is awesome. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so. That Brad Pitt in that movie. Dude, Brad Pitt. One of his funniest roles. Possibly his best. No. Nah, dude, there's no, no way. No. Best role? I mean, he has so many. He has so many. True, true. We should. Ocean's Eleven is arguably one of his best. So true, so true. Um, should we should we do the ratings? <laughs> yes, we should do the ratings, and we should do an Ocean's trilogy. Episode. We should. We definitely. Should. Oh, you know what that means? We're gonna have to watch Ocean's Eight, Ocean's Fourteen. Oh, Ocean's Eight. That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't remember which what fucking number it was. I really don't want to, but it's kind of our duty. I heard, I heard I I remember when it came out the reviews weren't terrible. Like, I don't know. I heard that it stood on its own as like a its own thing, but it's like the parts where it's trying to be like, hey, remember remember that? Remember you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So Okay. Greenberg. Two out of ten. Next one. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's worse than Reality Bites. <laughs> no, it's worse than Zoolander 2. Yeah, Jesus, no way. Remember we were going to give Zoolander 2 worse than Reality Bites, but then we changed our mind the last second because <laughs> we realized it actually made us laugh at one yeah. or two moments. Yeah. The fucking car crash scene. Uh, uh. Not the Fred Armisen scene. No. No. Rip Fred Armisen. I'll be honest, Portlandia was the shit, but his character, Mip, or whatever is Vip, not, not that good. Okay, Greenberg. I might go with a five. I'm feeling it might be a five. What do uh, I have on five or six? Okay. Little Falkers is five, and that is it. Okay. The next lowest is a 6.5. Which is, out of curiosity... Several. The Watch, okay. Starsky right. and Hutch. There's something about Mary. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to give this... Is it equal to Little Fockers? Is it better than Little Fockers? Right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I should bumble up Little Fockers. <laughs> True. I feel like Little Fockers deserves more than a five. What did I you think give we're it? giving it... I also give it a five. I think that was our first episode. We weren't. Oh, we have to do this in the summary still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's not move anything around till summary. Yeah. For now, I'm going to give Greenberg a five as well. Okay. Five. Not to just agree yeah. with you, but. But no, I know it's just part of the part of the metric we've used for rating it. Literally every time is rewatchability, and I can't see myself ever watching this movie again. That's fair. Like I don't uh, think it was. Like I said, I think I'm, it was very well made and very well acted. But yeah. Whereas I like don't... Little Fockers, I can definitely see myself rewatching like just 
I could see myself like opening Netflix and seeing little fuckers there and just watching it. Like, like it's it's easy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's got like, a lot of laugh out loud moments. It does. <laughs> Dude, Owen Wilson on the fucking balancing beam. <laughs> this is a uh, Jack Burns. <laughs> yeah, was he? Uh, yeah, he's like, um, fuck. What does he call him? Dude, first of all. What about the end credits? We never even talked about that in the episode, I think. Oh, what was it? The the YouTube poop before there were YouTube poops. Oh, yeah. Jack Absurd. Burns. Jack Burns. <laughs> like, yeah, that was ridiculous. I think we did talk about that. Where he, uh, probably a little bit, but like where he recaps the entire story of the last two movies <laughs> in a musical. It's insane. Okay. Dude, Ben Stiller might have a th- invented YouTube did Ben Stiller invent YouTube poops and reality bites? Do you remember when she gives him her yeah, version of reality he... bites and he turns it into a YouTube poop? Yeah. And then he clearly also likes YouTube poops enough to include them in Little Fuckers. I think he literally invented them, bro. We need to investigate. Okay. What was the first YouTube poop? What year was it? Couldn't have been before Reality Bites because YouTube only came out in like 2005. Yeah. But were there other things that were pre-YouTube poop? I guess is the question. Someone says the first ever created by Super Yoshi in 2004. Seems pretty unanimous. It's like from the old school Mario TV show, I think. Oh, searching. Oh, no, that's from the Legend of Zelda. Searching up Ben Stiller YouTube poop only found me a video from 2009 called YouTube poop Ben Stiller cannot get on a plane from that scene in Meet the Parents. Dude, we that should watch hilarious. this. I'm putting the link in the chat. Jesus. Yeah, so good, call, good call, good call, good okay. call. So yeah, first one was from 2004, allegedly. Interesting. So I think he invented it. Alright, so that was Greenberg. Um, True. Five, five. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Dude, no. dare I give it a 10? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm feeling feeling something. Um, do I, do we have highest, a 10 on anything? What's, a, what's the highest? Let's go by our highest. Oh. Dude, we don't have a 10 yet. But we both have... Eights, right? We both have a 9 on Night at the Museum. I have four nines, though. <laughs> You don't have any others. You just have Night at the Museum. This might be my other nine. I was about to say, it's insane that right now Night at the Museum is your highest rated one. Which, I I know, it is respectable, but still kind of crazy. I promise you there will be a lot of shifting during the summer. Yeah. Starsky and Hutch, Dodgeball, and Zoolander all got nines for me. That's fair. I'm going to give this a nine, honestly. I don't know if I can give it the ten. You know what I mean? But it is... We'll, we'll see. Damn, when but... Summary of Steeler comes and we have to move things and eliminate them so we have a clear True. ranking, it's going to happen. So The thing is, though, I feel like I'm going to give Madagascar 2 a 10. Yeah. I can feel I might it. give Madagascar 1 a 10. <laughs> no, seriously. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, I haven't seen the first Madagascar nearly as many times or as recently as the sequel. So I'm really True. looking forward to rewatching it because it's been years and i just remember how nostalgic the new york scenes are Dude. at the beginning we've talked about this so many times you left the ambience on sorry i Bro. got it <laughs> yeah oh do we also have to play the game the fucking madagascar game true true we also have to watch the video of the cd-rom game i talked about 
Mm, true. That, but yeah. Um, Marty, I struck on a cruise ship. <laughs> God. Oh man, so much, dude. We have so much content to to get through. Oh yeah. Okay. And we need to it... finish it before the end of the year. We have two months. Can we do? <laughs> We're gonna do like a Christmas of Stiller episode. Well, it has to be before the Puss in Boots because the giveaway is Puss in Boots. Fuck. Okay. When is Puss in Boots? <laughs> Wait. Puss in we... Boots? Okay. Puss in Boots. The Last Wish comes out December twenty-one. So. Th- the, basically the 23rd is that Friday. Alright. We can finish by then. We can finish by then. What is Come a good on. Christmas-themed word that starts with S? Seasus. No. Uh, tis the... Uh, Santa. I'm Santa thinking like... Still <laughs> no, I'm thinking there has to be like a good like... Well, it's just to tie into word. Madagascar. No, no, no. Um, so true. There is a Madagascar Christmas thing that was on the original DVD. Of course. It's called the Madagascar Penguins in a Christmas Caper. It's iconic. Yeah. Saturnalia of Stiller. <laughs> Dude, that, that might be a good one, actually. What? It is the 17th of December, so maybe we can do a special episode then for something else. Hopefully we'll be done with Madagascar right then. Dude, hopefully it comes out on the 17th of December. <laughs> That would be insane, actually. Okay, we have to watch at least one, two, three, Penguins, four. Four movies. Are we still doing Megamind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so five. Almost Christmas so five countdown. full-length movies, and then we have Shorts and Almost Christmas Countdown. And so, at least new and selected episodes from the shows. Right, so let's just say... We somehow knocked all the shows things out in one night, right? That's sure, another night. With the shorts. Elmo. We could probably do it with the shorts. With the shorts. Let's just say Elmo takes another night just for caution. Yeah, yeah. Seven <laughs> nights. Dude, isn't that like a Christmas-related Christmas number? On the seventh day of... <laughs> isn't it like seven nights or is that Hanukkah I'm thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> There's like eight nights of Hanukkah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, we can stretch this out, dude. We can do some Jewish Ben Stiller thing with Hanukkah. Also, when is Hanukkah this year? No, we shouldn't do this. I was gonna say, what if we dropped each episode as a each movie is a different episode? No. Yeah, no, probably not though, because since when we done franchise episodes with different movies? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Question: The real thing we have to figure out is if. If we're watching stuff together and what we're watching together and schedule, we'll have to watch the base Madagascar movies together. Yeah, it's a no must. Question. It's a must. And the shorts, because <clears throat> that's all YouTube videos. So true. I mean, that shit also would just be not funny. And, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it just wouldn't be the same. And plus Elmo. So let's just say at least five. We could watch Make a Mind on our own if we have to. Cause yeah, if we have to. Ben Stiller's role in it is negligible. <laughs> it's borderline non-existent. Yeah. Oh. And I'm sure we could... Yeah, no. If we could find a free night... We just spent three hours doing this episode. True. That's one and a half movies. So if we watch even two episodes a night... To get the five movies... So two nights... So we just need to find at least two nights... 
we can that'd spend. be insane if we were able to do that. I'm sure we can. In the yeah, span I mean, of, we, yeah, in the span of over a month. Yeah, yeah. You would think <laughs> <laughs> we're dropping the final episode of the summer of Stiller. <laughs> it's fucking late December. As long as we get it in before the end of the year, that's what counts. True. I'm telling you, um, we need to get Colton we for do. the Elmo segment. I think it would be so good. Just the Elmo segment. <laughs> what an insult. Right? No, it's not an insult. It's just, the thing is, I would say get him for the episode, but how There's likely no is it we're going to get a guest? First of all, we've spoken to in like barely a few sentences to watch like eight fucking hours of content more it's it's not gonna happen so i was thinking like first of all it's a good bit i think to have him come on i mean it's like it's like it's funny i think people would tune into the elmo segment i just think like it's like the kind of thing where people will go because it's like goofy you know what i mean yeah no, We're I fucking agree. reviewing Elmo, dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> what better segment than to have like the guest appearance? You know what I mean? And it's also like low investment on his behalf. He doesn't have to like put a lot of work into it. You know what I mean? He can just like yeah. watch like a fucking what is it like thirty minutes or something? You know. Mm-hmm. Also, if we did do the pre-episode skit, where it's uh, true, that's the, more important than anything. The crate escape type deal. Yeah, we when we have it shows like the thin, thin beautiful Jada Pinkett Smith as Gloria and the uh, David Schwimmer is that one guy from the show and we're doing that all of these different like characters he's listing could be like little clips submitted by like guest appearances and like we can have people play so these characters true. yeah no we need to work on that's another thing we have to do is work on the script for that yeah which we should probably start sooner rather than later yes Yes, that should literally be the next thing we do. Um, you should put yeah. a poll on the Instagram, or not a poll, but like a survey or whatever. That's like, would you like to submit like a, a clip to be in that? Just as like, a, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I'll write that down. Survey to some clip. True. Okay, so should we rate Meyerowitz and wrap this up? <laughs> Dude, this is literally going to be as long as our Shrek episode. The episode that Why we constantly go as like the longest one. Why did this well, one take so long specifically? I don't know. Like, I feel like very... I picture us talking about it for that long. Yeah, How long Green... were the other ones? We spent okay. over an hour on Greenberg. That's um, ridiculous. I'll tell you our last episode was two hours 14 minutes or 210 then before that was yeah. 214 even the live stream was two hours and nine minutes cecil of stiller was two hours <laughs> spilled stiller was an hour and a half and 50 minutes because <laughs> we split it up filmatic fockerized was two and a half hours i just want to say we've literally averaged two two-ish hours why did this one take almost four double and this thing <laughs> Why? This is like, dude. It goes to show how like thought provoking Noah Bombach's storytelling is. Because it really, there's a lot. Also, it goes to show that we can we we hold people might be forgetting because of all this stiller stuff that we've been selectively choosing. But like, 
we have some pretty good conversations on thoughtful themes and films. You know what I mean? Like other ones probably go faster because we're like, man, that was a great joke. That was a great joke. That was a great yeah, joke. Yeah. We're like, like, just like literally listing off the funniest moments in the literally, watch. Yeah. Literally when we take notes, we just list our favorite jokes. True. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess that's, whereas Shrek and the other longest one, the Batman have been this long because we've been talking about the themes. So I guess it makes sense. Granted, I do know we spent quite a bit of time at the beginning of this episode just like talking about random shit and periodically throughout. No, no, no. I will say the beginning, I noted the time because I just wanted to see how long the intro was. When I said, let's wrap up this intro, it was only 11 minutes in. (laughs) And I know it was over an hour long when we uh, finished Greenberg. Yeah, that's crazy. I think I guess Walter Mitty was also a big chunk of that. To Walter Mitty, really, we went hard in the paint. We did. I'm proud of that. I guess we okay. could split this one up, but um, at this point, well, I do it. <laughs> My Arrowitz stories selected. Uh oh. Ah, oh, dude, again. Free up space to continue. Okay, we better wrap up quickly so there's no issues. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know because I don't. I've never seen that message. It doesn't show me anything, but. If we just hurry up, I don't think it'll be a big problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's just rate it and then bounce. I'm going to say, well, you first. Not that I'm, not like I'm just about <laughs> My Arrowitz. That was good. It was uh, good. I'm... Again, kind of a heavy movie. I think I would rewatch it, just not like a frequent rewatch. You know what I mean? It's also long. It's like over two well, it's also like, like very emotional. It's very emotional. True. It's it is, taxing it in that way. I will rewatch I, it. I just don't know when. I agree. I'm gonna say eight. I was gonna say seven point five. I'm gonna it say eight. Really well made. A lot of it's really good super well made. Well. Yeah, I'm gonna say eight. For now, I know we have to shift okay. so much around in the summer. Yeah, but simplify eight. All right, here we go on the schedule that you posted for the final episodes did you include a upcoming summary of stiller episode dude so right (laughs) god oh my god not that it matters literally zero people like that post i'm not kidding (laughs) i don't know why they just scrolled and saw a picture with text on it and were like whatever or fair enough i mean i have noticed or i had noticed back when i used instagram pictures that didn't have my face in it got significantly less likes. Not that I cared. I would still post it. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It, but it does make sense. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Does it really make sense? If it's like a cool picture, if I was seeing it in someone else's feed. Because people aren't there for cool pictures. Not to this the yeah. Instagram thing. They're not there to see a beautiful forest. Although Fair you would enough. think that would be the main objective of Instagram, a photo sharing app. But they're there to see if it's a girl to the body and you know just saying that's what people you know couldn't be me if it's a guy <laughs> for, for your sake I'm gonna say go ahead and cut that <laughs> oh. I thought it was a funny joke no that was hilarious um, 
you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Instagram no. is just fucking bullshit. That's dude. That's why I haven't been. I've been. I've been so happy to not have it as a distraction since it got hacked. Yeah, you might have lucked out. Honestly, it's it's hard to get out on your own. You know, you were like forced out. <laughs> <laughs> True. Although, okay, get this. Did okay? Did we talk about on one of the previous episodes about the text I received? Yes. About this, I did. Where the guy was I like, think so. "I know I showed you. I feel like I didn't talk about it, but I might have." Go ahead. Just quick summary. Right. The guy. I just get a text out of nowhere. I get locked out of my Facebook, by the way, which obviously, as we all know, is owned by the same company as Instagram, right? Or they. It is Facebook that owns Instagram. Whatever it is, Meta. Um, my Instagram got hacked and now my Facebook isn't working. I'm like, what the hell? I tell you my password. It literally every single time I try to log into Facebook, I have to remake my password because it says it's been compromised and it happens like five times in a row and it lets me just change it. And I'm like, all right, I'm back in next time I log in exact same thing. It's been compromised. I need to make a new password. I'm like, dude, I'm running out. Cause you can't reuse old ones either. It's yeah. fucking annoying. I'm like making like a unique password for Facebook every time I log in. I'm like, I don't use this shit enough to do this. <laughs> anyway, I'm like, all right, whatever. Must be something along the same vein. Like my passwords got leaked or some shit from the meta servers. I get a text from an unknown 402 number, which if you don't know, I don't know why you would, but that's Lincoln, Nebraska. I get a text saying, hello, Justin. I'm Ryan. I see your FB account is hacked. Be careful, bro. And then later, I obviously hadn't responded. Later, bro, your account is hacked. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. I'm like, dude, can this be one of the out of context spoilers for the episode? I was literally just thinking that. Send that to me again. Yeah, yeah. Because that shit is hilarious. I'm like. (laughs) Who the fuck is Ryan? How would he know that my account is hacked? No, it just it was just hilarious. And so, yeah, independently of that, Jessica right now studying in Brighton at the University of Sussex. There's a guy who, okay, I don't know how much this is cap because it seems almost entirely cap. It's this, it's this uh, like foreign exchange student from India who. He's a freshman, and he's been hitting on her constantly, and he claims he's a billionaire. (laughs) He claims he's a billionaire, and he gave a link to his website because he says he owns a company that does some – this will be an annotated bibliography, I'm sure – a company that does like some technology bullshit where he's made all of his money. And first of all, let me just say, if he was a billionaire – his website would not be as shit as it is. It is terrible. <laughs> and the text on it is not... Listen, I understand English isn't his first language, but if you're going to like tell someone you're a billionaire who made your money from this tech website, you would have grammatically correct sentences that actually make sense on your right. website. And he does not. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is... Something his website says that it does is help people with something called, fuck, what's it called? You might have heard of it. It's something hacking, but it's like positive and it's like, it's like good hacking or some shit like that. Dude, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Jessica proposed the idea. We get him to counter hack my account back. No, let's do it. I'm I'm willing to pitch in. I'm willing to pitch in. 
I don't think we'd have to pay him if I go oh, there. You... I'm, I'm going for Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Jessica should just leave. <laughs> <laughs> she probably could. First of all, probably could. Yeah, I mean, but, if she's um... willing, <laughs> just be like, oh, hey, I'll yeah, go to I dinner mean... with you if you do this. I mean, <laughs> my brother is, just say like, have to. just call you like her brother, like. Could do. First of all, she he knows I exist. I've spoken to him. Okay. Ironically, he's one of the only people in England that I've talked to that she's like known because he. For, okay. I'll tell you the story some other time. No need okay. to. Yeah, that's fair. Um. I I will say, uh, just speaking of sus Indians, I've something. <laughs> I can say that. Um, this is a good delivery. Speaking of Just really continue. weird things that have been happening in the last three days, you haven't seen this probably, but I posted this reel of Connor. Hey, guys. It's Connor David Do you recognize this? I'm sure by now you've heard of the Okay, I'll send it to you because it's kind of long. But okay. basically, Darian saw an ad for some like really weird mobile game and like made a copy pasta of the script and replaced it with Filmatic and had Connor read it. I thought it came out pretty funny, so I just posted it without context on my Instagram, right? Okay. Whatever, that's separate. But, you know, got like three likes, classic filmatic. Um, <laughs> whatever. And this was, uh, this was. I'll tell you the date. Hey, you guys. October 9th. Okay, in the last three or four days, I've been getting likes on this photo. 27, to be specific. Damn. From random Indian <laughs> accounts. Now... Look, three or four of them are like bots, right? Clearly. Okay. But a lot of these are just real accounts of real people living literally in India who have current posts, right? So we're looking at at Komal7509, at Chant Singh, at Official Ram, at Official Sonu, at It's Bama Raj, like all these random 27, literally 27, it says, accounts. What What's going on? You Dude, know, that like, is so funny. It, it's so weird. The Including, mobile and, game like tapped a market, bro. And then I got one more like from a verified account at mark underscore i l l y. It has the blue check mark. Mark Illy, entrepreneur, DJ, mm. producer, designer, marketing guru, helping people grow on social media since 2012. Tap in, and it's followed. I didn't see this. It's followed. You might not know this person by Taylor Reister. Do you know who Taylor Reister is? Obviously. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. I didn't even see that. He must be a real influencer, bro. He influences. We he should get him to two... influence for Filmatic. Dude. Where the hell were you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just this video of a dog. Wait, look at this. Oh god, the it's unwatchable. The glare. What the hell is a rave? Dude, it's a video of a dog with a robotic voice. Where the hell were you? It's been 12 I heard hours. The voice. Yeah, okay, I, I, I could hear it. <laughs> Listen, that has 20,000 views. I think we need to partner up with this guy. No, nah, seriously, get him on the next episode. Ask him I wonder to watch if he got Christmas countdown. If he got recommended my reel because I followed Taylor, I don't know. How does that work? It's so Dude, weird. I don't know how it works. Send him a message, be like, yo, do you want to play David Schwimmer in a short? <laughs> Dude, bet right now, as an out-of-context spoiler, 
Yes, please. <laughs> Send him the message, and then the screenshot of the DM is the, uh, the out of context. Maybe Taylor will notice. <laughs> <laughs> what? She'll be no, like, maybe, I know that name. Like, I know, I know Mark Ailey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what should the what exact... she is Gloria, bro? <laughs> he just blew my mind. That Dude, was the face sometimes, <laughs> sometimes your mind blows my mind. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Alright, which is the exact genius. The exact wording should just be what? Hey. Was wondering if you want to partner up for a skit period. Short film. Oh so yeah, for a short film period. Film project, maybe that way, you know. True, you know, it's not film like project short film. break. Uh, your role would be David Schwimmer, or if you prefer, Gloria the Hippopotamus. <laughs> Dude, don't say that. Okay, <laughs> should you? Or, if you, you pre- or I'll just say we could explore. We could explore. Uh, other options yeah. as well. That's good. That's good. That's professional. Let me know. Fulmatic podcast. Yeah. Emoji. Dude, bet. <laughs> wink. <laughs> no, don't wink. Don't wink. Okay, just I think lion emoji would work, but don't <laughs> wink. You're saying it like if we do say the wrong thing, he's going to say no. Like if we say the right thing, he'll say yes. <laughs> Dude, no, dude, dude, he liked your post. Like he liked your post. We have more chat with this than we do dude, with Colton. Noah Bombach on the next episode. We have more of a chance of getting Mark Illy than Colton. Dude, <laughs> I hope that's not true. I hope we actually have a chance of getting Colton. Why wouldn't we? He said he wants to be on it. True, that's this? a good point. I did send it. That's awesome. Okay. It's been done. All right, guys. So. 350. We we beat the Shrek podcast. <laughs> Did we actually? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's ridiculous. Wait, is this the actually... longest episode ever then? How long is the Batman? Let's check real quick. Let's waste that... more time checking that. <laughs> Dude, if this is the longest episode ever, I will literally lose my mind because it came out of nowhere based on nothing. The Batman's 345. We beat it. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Smoke and mirrors, what guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Smoke and mirrors. Can you? <laughs> it just like fading out. Unironically, can someone explain to me how Greenberg, the fucking Noah Bombach episode, is the longest one yet? Com- completely unintentionally. <laughs> Do you think we'll beat it with Madagascar? What if we don't even beat it with Madagascar? No, literally, we might not anymore. And we and do you realize how short, how short we made the Meyerowitz segment, bro? Oh, it, it's criminal how short we it's made like, it. It's like 20 minutes. If we gave most. it the same treatment, we would be at four and a half hours. Easy. Dude. Dude. If it wasn't more. 1 a.m., we probably would have. Yeah. And we started this shit at 9. Jesus Christ. The entire night is gone. <laughs> it's fucking... 
it's it's like it's like I'm in Berlin with the sun coming up. You know what I mean? Like, like when you did the Meet the Parents episode. Oh yeah, no, literally. <laughs> I thought you were at first making like a mixture of a reference to Night Museum when the sun comes up and Berlin, because <laughs> the night the night is the caveman. Maybe we should As end the episode. Misses. Maybe we should end the episode freezing like the the figures do. And uh. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, it's a failed you bit. Get sur- you want to get surreal with our outro bits now? No. So <laughs> if we've ever had an outro bit, the outro bit has always been saying something absurd and then pressing stop. True. Like, hey, you guys want to freeze for the outro bit? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Listen. I'll never forget oh, the way you shot down my idea for Stiller Improv. What was that? <laughs> this might have been just over Snapchat, but I was like, for some reason, we were sending voice messages. And I was like, dude, Stiller Improv, that'd be a hilarious episode. And you were like, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> dude, <laughs> you feel like, why would anyone ever listen to that? I listen definitely. To, listen to two hours of us doing improv about Ben Stiller. Unironically... I stand by the fact that I don't think anyone would No, I don't think it would be good either, but I think it would be funny because it's bad. I mean, it would be funny. Dude, I just don't think we would be able to keep it going for even a fraction of that. I I mean, it is a hilarious concept, obviously, but it would probably be like us, like, uh, like trying to come up with lines, like, (laughs) really slowly, and, like, we'd be like, a That's lot a of it would point. just be us like muttering and be like, uh, "Oh yeah, uh, oh, uh, oh," and like I don't know how much of that. You know, it would be funny at first, but I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no you have a point. You have a point. Okay, Listen, well, I just thought I was putting my two cents. I didn't know my. I had the power to just completely shut down that idea. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm not you shut it down for good reason. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying it was just funny how instant you were on that. <laughs> Like normally, I like I feel like we entertain each other's ideas, you know. <laughs> like, I like normally we have the same idea, or we're like, "Yeah, dude, that's crazy, that's funny," you know what I mean? Like, right. this was like the one time I was like, "Dude, Stiller Improv, Stiller Improv episode," and you were like, "No." <laughs> that that is hilarious. Yeah. I will admit. yeah. Okay. Should we should we try to you know? Leave some room for the future record breakers of the longest episode. Yeah. Cut it before four hours. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys. It'll be a little shorter. I dude, watch. It will be. We we cut out that segment about boop and boop, <laughs> and then it instantly is less than the Batman. No, you're right. We do have to cut some stuff out slash censor. Oh boy. Okay. Well, guys. Outro moment. I am plugging the Ben Stiller Kratos God of War ad. Dude, I thought we were going to have a conversation about God of War, but that never happened. Um, True, it's because I didn't ever play any of the games or watch that trailer. No, I, I was expecting me to mention it and then launch into a pitch for you to play the game live on oh, the podcast. We can but, do that on the next door episode. So true, so true. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? I, I have to ask. There's, I just can't go an episode without saying that or else. Uh not that I can think of. That's fair. Maybe, maybe watch, read, read the Walter, the Walter Mitty, Mitty script that I found earlier, 
that has well, nothing and, to and do with the Walter actual Mitty, movie. And the Walter Mitty short story. Also true. Just catch up on your Walter Mitty readings. True. If there's one thing you could take from this episode, it's watch Walter Mitty, really. Dude, so true. I'm sure if you've watched the episode to this point, we probably didn't already to tell you that. Oh, also yeah. that, if you haven't seen it, because we spoiled the now we've just movie. said every single second of the movie. <laughs> we literally went frame by frame scrubbing through the movie to tell you what happens. Still okay. watch it, though, because yeah, no, describing it doesn't do justice to the cinematography. For sure. Okay. Well, guys, we'll see you next time for the season finale mm. of the Summer of Stiller. Hopefully, Colton will be there. We'll see. Hope you guys keep your eye out for that promo. It's going to be great. And for the giveaway opportunity on Instagram. To see Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, on December 20-something first, I think. All right. We're peeling out, guys. And and uh, remember... Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Smoke and mirrors, guys. <laughs> <laughs>